You're listening to Fetch Quest Podcast, a podcast about video games. I'm Neil. I'm Matt. I'm Jared. And this is episode 25, brought to you by the amazing powers of Google Hangouts. Uh, where is everybody, just for the for the record? Arkansas. Home. Not Neil's. Not my place. Yeah. And I'm not at Jared's place. Yeah. We kind of get the best of both worlds. You know, a little... Situation. It, it, it's kind of nice, uh... It's kind of nice being able to do this from like my office seat and I can look at all of the topics we have to talk about right in front of me and I can actually add markers into Pro Tools right here as well. It's it's yeah. amazing to say the least. You don't you don't prefer that over standing up or sweating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so that's the other thing too. I might not have a shirt on. <laughs> Just in case you wanted to know visualize the podcast video visualize this video <laughs> podcast a vodcast vlog that's a, that's a thing right but i think they just call that youtubing a vod video on demand cast yeah vod sounds i don't know if that sounds manly or not it <laughs> i i think vlog probably sounds the worst of them of all of them so vlog cast I, I don't know matt how's arkansas it's it's arkansas Sweet. yeah <laughs> yeah that's about it yeah arkansas huh yep uh what have you been able to keep yourself busy with um on the way on the good old 13 hour drive down buffering we got some i got some eu4n once i figured out how a steam offline mode works and uh that was pretty pretty good i got the the power inverter yes so i could uh charge use charge, that laptop charge and use my laptop in the car and i played a uh, i played two games i played a game as venice and got destroyed immediately then i played as muscovy and got destroyed later but yeah just learning learning a lot of the, about the game and how to use your allies and how to, to uh like properly go against them so i'm i'm pretty interested in getting back together with the lachlan and other people that i actually play with neil <laughs> that uh and see what See what I can do. All I can say is, if I had a computer that would not shit out, on, or the client would not shit on me multiple times within an hour time span, I would join you more often. You you got 300 bucks, I'll build you a gaming computer. Would I just give you 300 bucks? Yeah, I'd, I'd basically buy some pre-built thing on like Amazon or eBay, and then I'll th- throw one of my graphics cards in it, and it'll be great. Just throw like a GTX 750 Ti in, because I do have a spare 660 Ti, which would like kick ass in 90 percent of games that you'd want to play. Ooh, with that 10 percent being like Crisis or Battlefield 4, but it would still do pretty good with those. But how would I just give you 24 easy payments of a thousand dollars? Yeah, we'll just go with that instead. You and your iBuy Power shit that you want to try and buy. I don't have to try and buy it. I can do it now. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. It, like, if if the time comes, I'm 
probably just going to end up buying the parts man, components. Man, that'd be weird. Like, I, I don't think I could imagine me finally paying off my computer, like, four months ago. <laughs> I just yeah, couldn't I'm, do I'm it. I'm totally an upfront, take my money person. Yeah. I'm kind of... I'm, I, I know I'm kind of moving away from that recently, especially now that there's going to be, like, this Prime Day coming up. Because I don't really have a tomorrow. Lot of, it's not yeah, really coming up. It's, like coming up. It's say, also eh, it's it starts twelve at, hours. Th- no, at three up. three p.m. Eastern or three a.m. Eastern time. So like midnight. Like two. It goes on like Pacific yeah. time. Okay. I think. Well, yeah, I don't. All I know is three three a.m. Eastern. I don't like how they do that the the hour deals though i don't want to like miss deals because i'm not up at four in the morning that's always been one of my concerns too it's like they expect us to completely give up our personal lives so we can in you know excuse me so we can partake in this crazy sale like it's supposed to be black friday and even black friday i think is pretty stupid yeah that's because you haven't taken advantage of it yet Oh, but I have. I, I, I bought my iPad Mini uh, last Black Friday. I bought my PlayStation 4 last Black Friday. So how is it stupid if you got all your things from it? <laughs> well, I, I guess just the basic concept of having a big sale is fine. But all of these hourly-based sales just annoy the piss out of me. Like I want to partake in some of those sales, I'm sure, if they were just given... T- to me in a better presentation but instead i'm expected to just sit on my computer and watch for the sales to you know go through or like wait well, for the perfect sale to come in they, they're not catering to you they're catering to themselves because they, like almost all these like hourly sell, sales sell out yeah so it's not uh, like they need you to do that anyway you would they, probably they don't not care like- if you, you probably wouldn't like about Newegg. what was released, they would, they would, you would be sitting there waiting. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're going to have buyers regardless, so they can put up their own, their own bullshit release period. Well, some of those deals are just crap that they don't want anymore, or like there's oh, a yeah. new product and they just want it's to totally replace liquidation it on the shelf. stuff. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the PlayStation TV is going to drop anymore on uh, during Amazon Prime. Since they already have it like for forty dollars or something, and I've seen people sell it as low as thirty-five when it was originally eighty dollars. Put the fire stick. Don't you already have a Vita? I do, but I kind of want to get a PlayStation TV so I can record it and so I can play Persona Four: The Golden on a big screen TV. Can't you plug in your Vita? Nope, there are no cables that allow that would allow you to do that, as far as I can tell. Without, like, breaking open the unit, I'm sure. Isn't the Vita dead anyway? No. Yeah. Oh, just like we discussed last time, there's so many games actually coming out for the Vita. More games this year than last year, in fact. <laughs> any any games in particular you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to... Danganronpa 1.5, I think, is coming out then. Or over what? the... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a game. It's a Japanese Animu game, okay? Or is it one point two? I don't know. It's it's the it's in between one. It's in between two. There's a few RPGs that are coming out that look promising, uh, but like 
the the majority of its content creators originate from Japan, so it's it's a very niche product at this point. The one issue I did kind of find out with the PlayStation TV, as I've been researching a bit more before just going out on an impulse and buying it, is that it does uh, it actually can't play all of your PlayStation Vita and uh, like PSP games. Actually, there are a few things that it won't let you play, like games that are super reliant on the touchscreen, since now you're using the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 controller, or DualShock 3 or 4. It also uh, doesn't seem to be compatible with a few games that just might be on the more intensive side, like the Metal Gear Solid HD uh, collection actually doesn't seem to run on a PlayStation TV, which is actually really unfortunate, because that was also kind of a nice selling point. I don't really want to play replay Metal Gear Solid on a portable device. I'd rather play it on a big screen. Can't you just okay. put it into your PlayStation 3? I could, but that would involve hooking up yet another <laughs> device that I've stowed away. That I mean, you're just, instead like of a... hooking up an old device you already have, you're just going to go buy another device? Yeah, exactly. Okay, as long I don't, as we're clear I don't on think, that. I don't think you get how this whole like brainless consumer thing works with me, okay? The Vita doesn't have any sort of like external display capabilities does it unless they have something with a developer kit that's not open to the public which i imagine is very possible uh like there, there's nothing that a consumer can buy though well wasn't there like a playstation it maybe it is the playstation tv that you're talking about where you could stream straight to your tv yeah the playstation tv would allow you to stream like a playstation 4 to your tv Oh, a PlayStation 4. Okay. And the, the PlayStation would wanna... Vita would also stream from your PlayStation 4 as well. So, like, well, I, I guess uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly say that the idea is if I'm playing a game and I need to go someplace, as long as I have Wi-Fi, I could play through my PlayStation Vita through the same console that way. But let's say you're playing Bloodborne at home. Uh-huh. And then you you go to work. And in your break room, you got this big TV. Can you plug in your... So, I mean, I honestly don't know which place. PlayStation TV, I'm picturing it as like a Chromecast thing. Yeah. Is yeah, that that's, correct? That's essentially what it is, yeah. So I can plug that into, like, your, your work's break room thing and continue your Bloodborne game there? That's what it sounds like to me. Although, like, I because it's a quote-unquote, like, console of its own right... I wonder if it has to be on, like, a local area network to work with a PlayStation 4. But if it's just, like, the Vita, it should be fine as far as I can tell. They, um... I don't know if you guys have heard of, like, the NVIDIA Shield, but that's kind of the same setup they've been trying to do, is, like, uh, across networks, try and use hardware on a different, you know, system to be able to power the game that you're playing somewhere else. And I think... They're kind of, like, it's not that they can't do it, but, like, most most people's homes have just a little less bandwidth than it would allow them to do this. And, like, the latency is kind of a big problem when you start getting, you know, a distance from wherever your home is. Yeah. And I, I thought, too, that the NVIDIA Shield, weren't they also working to doing, like, hosted games? Where it's not just like streaming off of something else, but actually going from their servers? I think so. I mean, I heard about it, but that just, I just don't think that's a, that just doesn't sound like a marketable idea at all to me. 
Because if you need somebody, some like third party to host your game so that you can play it, that's just, it's, I think it's too much of a boundary to get over, like to be really marketable or to have enough players behind it to really care. I'll admit I'm not that well read on it because uh, it's, it's not something that I'm sold on entirely so when we were talking <laughs> right. about this maybe like a couple months ago i was a little more fresh on it but what isn't steam doing something like that i don't know i really don't they if they are it's something totally different different from what i'm used to i, I think that's what they're doing with their consoles the uh the steam boxes because like well, some of those machines can't actually yeah that's intended to be in-home streaming so, like, if I've got my computer in my room and I want to go play in the living room, or if somebody else wants to play from the living room, then they can just stream from their device in home and just play it that way. And that's what these are; these devices are intended to be. But some Steam boxes are more powerful so that you can just game from them. So, like, Alienware has kind of made their own little line of these along with a ton of other groups. But okay. as long as they're, you know, just set up like any other computer, but with to your TV, like, you can just play any games that it would uh, support oh, normally. I, I guess the one benefit to us doing this on Hangouts is we can actually browse and stuff without much yeah. problem. Uh, I actually yeah. went on it, and one of these cloud gaming-based systems is known as, or systems, I, guess, I should say more like, not products, but networks is called the NVIDIA Grid. No, that's, um, the Grid I've only heard of used in as, like, like distributed net, uh, network graphics power. So, like, this is primarily inside of, like, businesses or, like, video production suites like they'll use some central server to do all their rendering and um all of the basically all of the heavy lifting of graphics work so that like you don't need to put or or you don't need to have like 20 computers for every person and each of those needs to have its own graphics card it's just okay you just set up these machines and then you point to this you know central thing and it does all the work for them. Sure, but it looks like they're actually linking that to the NVIDIA Shield device. And this oh, yeah. is I actually mean, a way they, that, that that you can play these games that aren't actually existing on your device. I mean, you sh- I'm sure you either have to get the subscription for it or buy it or whatever the case is. But. So I, w- I would imagine one other place that these could be used in is like land centers or small gaming centers. Like you can set up one of these little, one of these grid um, servers and then like, you could have 20 or 30 computers in the network point to that. And and so the computers with, themselves don't have to necessarily be that high end. You just get this. They don't, they don't have to be nearly like as capable. Like I'm sure you could use something as lower scaled as a, um, like a Chromebook if you really wanted to, like if it was, if it was capable of like just starting these games up or whatever, I'm sure it could make that possible. I see. I get you. And that's kind of where I think it'd be, it's really neat in situations where you have a lot of people doing the same thing. That's where it's shines. Matt, did you want to talk about anything else you've been doing this week? Nope. I'm, I'm kind of (laughs) surprised that you 
were able to play EU4 in the in the car ride. Uh, right. I feel I feel like I would get motion sickness pretty fast doing that. EU4, it's a two D game. Yeah, no, you not I read a n- book while you're driving either. Yeah, well, not <laughs> while I'm driving for sure. Well, Otherwise, well, I might while break shit. <laughs> Freezing. Uh, but I definitely can't read a book for too long after I, after I, uh, or while I'm driving. Or excuse me, holy crap! I definitely can't right. read a book. I it definitely can't right read a book <laughs> when I'm when I'm riding in a car. You're not on the Benadryl again, are you? No, I did, I'm uh, not. <laughs> I did finish. I ended up finishing that Halo book on the drive as well. Mixed mixed feelings. This is the one where you're you're going through the the adventures of the two elites from Halo yeah. Four, from Halo Three. Oh, sure. And it's just they build up like super hype to this one character that still hasn't been shown in a game or even a book. He's just kind of been a background to everything that's happened in Halo, like one through four. And they're just like hyping it up, and then it turns out not to be that character. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's just someone roll with completely this, I guess. different. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Yikes. It works Puzzle. out fairly well, but. Overall, uh, a good read. Yeah, it was um, a, a lot of it was new information on how a lot of the technology stuff works, which I'm always interested to hear about for some reason, like how the slip space drives work and how like where their technology is at, and how um, this. Uh, uh, this one species called engineers works. They're basically just like a supercomputer, but they're a species. And oh, how they sure. interact with how they interact with each other, and it was um, from that aspect of like understanding the world of Halo. It was really like ten out of ten material, story stuff. You know, six six out of ten, seven out of ten <laughs> type stuff. So remind us for any for people that like enjoy Halo. Could they just pick the book up, like, and start, or are there other books that if you like, that a person should read understand before? the basic stuff of Halo, like what happened in the games? Then yes, I believe you can read this book. Okay, from my perspective, I thought I knew <clears throat> stuff from the game, and then I met you, and I realized I don't. You don't know anything. No, I, don't. I still say. I still say it'd be for people that like that. I'd still recommend uh, the Fall of Reach, the book of uh, Fall of Reach for them because it's the origin story of Master Chief. Okay, and that that's also be being turned into an animated series um, for the oh, limited edition that comes Un- with the limited edition. When you say uh, animated series, do you mean an anime? No, I do not. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. Oh, not an anime. Not the, not the uh, Halo Legend stuff. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's that stuff you can really get behind, and it's material that anyone can really process because it's background, not stuff that's in between certain areas. So if you didn't understand a certain part of two or three, you have no idea what's going on in this book, um, Hunters in the Dark. Okay. Next assignment for Jared. Read, read a book. Read no, he's a already book. got. A, he's got enough reading to do. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Right now, I do. Well, so Jared, let's uh, tell us about your new class. Has the procrastination um, continued? 
Refresh us of the name again. I just okay. like to hear it. Oh, God. <laughs> Let me uh, hold on. I can never remember this, but it's Big Data. Um, hold on. It's a better name Three, than that. Three, two, one. Giant. Uh, so the <laughs> the course name is Special Topics in ISQA, but the name of the class is... Good God, where is the name of the class anymore? I'm on the site for this I, class. I won't. It probably only says in the syllabus. Yeah, that's... Oh, God. Just... Just... There it is. Okay. Here it is. Designing and implementing customer-driven big data solutions. Yes. I just love hearing how horrifying <laughs> that name is. You're just learning. It sounds like you're going to learn one thing. No, actually, this is like a combination of two classes that I've already taken... And I didn't get credit for, but I should have. But I didn't. That sounds infuriating. But I should have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Six credit hours that I could have had out of the way, out of 36, just gone because an advisor was just like, yeah, you could apply for these credits, but um, nobody gets them. (laughs) It's exactly what I was told. Basically telling me any, any amount of trying is useless. Which is kind of like going to school in general. Feels pointless. pretty feels pretty <laughs> pointless and use useless until you get into the real world. Then they're like, "Oh yeah, we use all these tools to make that thing that you learned in school really easy, and uh, that your teachers didn't want you to use because they thought it was quote unquote cheating." And uh, it's not because the professionals use this every day of their lives. Basically, anyway, I I won't get too deep into that. Anyhow, it's um, I don't know. They've they've posted some articles that um we're we've I've been reading. Um, I don't really like a couple of them. I I don't know how to describe why I don't like them. It's based on all my prior knowledge, but basically, like the focus on some of these articles isn't isn't big data which is a really interesting topic in the uh, kind of um, computer world right now, and it's an evolving one. But, like, there's been a... They're, I don't know, they're kind of general, and I suppose they should as introductory material for a course, but from where I'm standing, these are not good articles. There's one on, like, how they use data... Uh, tweets during Hurricane uh, Katrina and Hurricane Sandy to like identify problem. I don't know. Identify various um, questions. To, I don't know. <laughs> I I really didn't care about this article. But anyway, so they just they they kind of run around the important stuff, and then like they don't talk about. I need to form a sentence the aspect of big data is only a subset of what they talk about in a lot of these introductory articles. And I would like to know exclusively about the big data portion and how they go about this process of identifying like the right questions to ask. Cause one of the big problems in big data is that we've got just what it sounds like a ton of data and to be able to sift through it is 
um, typically the problem in most of these articles. And so as long as, um, as long as these research groups or the people trying to garner some knowledge from it, they have to ask the right questions and do the right analysis beforehand and understand the situation before they can actually take anything from it. So that's been the, that's, that's kind of what this class is focused at. And then um, the other half of it is like user experience, I guess. I don't know how they fit that in, but that's like making, making the data presentable and usable by a broader audience, I guess. And I, that was another class I've already taken, which is focused at, how do you how do you make things on a screen or some computer surface more usable by um, people? And will if you try and implement some sort of new way of doing something, will people understand it? So, especially in the world of big data, like graphing is a huge problem. So putting putting your results onto paper and um, in a simple enough way that people can readily take something is a is like it's its own field within it. Just making graphs. Have you guys ever heard of a bullet graph? A bullet graph? Yep. No. It's amazing, and you can use it for a lot of things. And if you want to impress some professors, I think this is a graph you should use. Because it's fairly simple and like people can take something away from it really easily rather than reading or trying to explain things in detail. So there you go. There's your bit of knowledge for today. The bullet graph. When am I going to uh, work with professors ever again? Never. You worked with that one group of people for. (laughs) I was the professor. Exactly. And it works both ways. Use I'm, that to teach. Oh god! Easy this, to understand. This Easy graph is interesting to say the least. So obviously, like a bullet graph can you, you can change whatever the values or like whatever the representations oh, mean. Yeah, I've yep. I've used these before. Yeah. I can't know it's called a bullet graph though. It's like how much can you convolute a typical graph? I've really liked the big data class I took previously, but one of the struggles is like the people who want to tell something from all of their business data is typically executives and people who need to use these for decisions for decision making and so when they get um when they get these charts or graphs or um just anything generated from these big data teams they have to be able to understand this to be able to effectively make decisions for their companies and so having these really complicated graphs isn't necessarily a bad thing but like unless they can learn what the function of the graph is relatively quickly with just a little bit of education, it's, it may not be worth anything to them. So yeah, it's just, uh, there's a lot of considerations, um, when, uh, when evaluating kind of large sets of data, if you, if you took statistics and you kind of enjoy and you enjoyed it, I think that this is a logical progression is where you can kind of look at a ton of data and kind of filter it down to be more um, easier to easier to evaluate like subsets of it. So Tableau is just one of these BI tools and uh, you can you can do some really fun things to 
to find out some information. I have never taken a statistics class in my life, actually. It's actually a lot more fun. I don't want to use the word fun. It's interesting. That's the word. It's more applicable, I think, than than most math that people will teach you. Because it's... Because, like, I, I want to say that every day people work with kind of relatively small sets of data, and knowing what to do with that is kind of helpful. Like, I don't know, like the concept of an outlier, that that's something I think people should be able to recognize without taking statistics, but to finally have some mathematical background to that can be nice to prove a point or to do what I was talking about with big data where you can like create a subset of usable data. Cause a lot of time in big in um, big data, we get tons and tons of information and there's possibly a whole subset of just outlier information. And like, you have to be able to uh, say why you remove a whole set of people from a group of data. Cause you could have like, so, like, if you had a million records of people's Facebook posts and you wanted to eliminate all of the ones that had um, no likes, you'd have to establish why or just say that to be able to you know, say, like, well, this is an outlier set because they're not popular or something. I don't know. It's all dependent on the situation. I'm really glad I'm out of college. <laughs> it's about all I can say now. No, when you yeah. actually, when like I hear things like that, I, I'm only been out of it for like two weeks now, but I already miss like I miss I miss learning. Yeah, and it's not the fact that I'm not in it anymore. It's the fact that like I know I'm not gonna have an experience like that again. I don't know. Now I'm getting all nostalgic. Well, once you get to this point, though, I think you'll realize that there are other opportunities to learn. It's just not gonna be the same. Yeah, you're you're gonna have. You're going to have to learn from your coworkers who probably didn't pay attention in school is what's going to happen. And then We're that's also a really a shitty great, learning great experience era where we have the ability to reach out to, you know, reach out to all these people we will probably never meet face to face using the internet. Maybe my field of expertise is not one that is just about the book smarts, but about the practical application of things. But being able to talk to people on like gearsluts.com or I don't know, proaudio.com and being able to kind of exchange information and theories and stuff. I think in your field, especially, like a lot of music and um, video kind of stuff is, is really, I don't want to say ambiguous, but it's very interpreted. So the way people perceive it is very different from the sciences. Yeah, definitely. And, and in doing so, like, uh, but, I, but I'm sure, like, the science community also, I mean, has a online community in some form that you can exchange and teach each other and, and, and yeah. do teach. Or, we we call teach it twice. Stack Overflow in the, in the computer programming world. Stack <laughs> Overflow. Just, yeah, it's a website just all focused around questions and answers to technical problems. Uh, I see. And then it has a bunch of other sub-sites, or you could call them um, sibling sites, that uh, do kind of more other focused question and answer um, places. Like, there is a... I think there's even a gaming 
um, uh, version of it. Gaming, what is it called? Gaming.stackexchange.com. I really, I really do like that, like their format and their layout for every, every one of their sites. Cause they're, they're really good about being focused on the point. Like you came with a question, people come to this site to answer and get points basically for answering. It's kind of a game of gamification gamification of um of question and answers so if you're somebody who kind of likes trivia but you're more technically focused this is one of those good um this is one of the sites for you i think what's the like you said there was like some sort of point thing what's the point it's just a point system like just kind of yeah uh, so, so if you answer a question and you answer it correctly um, people who are other community members can upvote your answer in the same way that kind of like karma works on Reddit. And with that comes like badges and medals and stuff that this, that the site has just kind of created to entice you to kind of, you know, actively participate. Because I just randomly clicked on one that like, you know, I kind of interested me. I was what parts of fallout new Vegas are based on the real world. Yeah. And then there's, there's this answer that's has, like, I want to say about 25 uh, places with the links attached to them. And he has descriptions of, like, the Bison Steve Casino is based on Buffalo Bills results from Casino. And there's a paragraph for each one just listing out. This is, like, really in-depth about what each of these locations actually are in the real world. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So, like, um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of really good... Uh, well, some of the people have really nice detailed answers and those are the ones that are typically upvoted to heaven. And then the people that like are just, there, just asking just ridiculously dumb questions will typically just get downvoted once. And that's enough to keep like everybody away. And I think they even have some sort of algorithm that makes it kind of, you know, take the back burner once when anybody gets to the site. So in the case of like there's some really dumb questions, you'll see that they're downvoted and you won't see you won't see them at all. I don't I don't have any examples right now, but I'm sure they have one for like audio. Uh they've got one well, here's a list. I mean, you can just go through and search academia, amateur radio, android enthusiasts, anime and manga, uh art anime and manga yeah that's all me (laughs) aviation beer biblical her i don't know what to say that bicycles biology bitcoin blender i mean you name it there's people it's kind of like a more i don't know it's it is its own thing and i think uh anybody out there should check out the site or any of its sub sites to maybe look more into whatever they're already a fan of Uh, it's another i will have to do that yeah now, uh, Jared, have you been able to uh, play any video games with your new workload? Um, the weekend I was able to, because really this first week wasn't hard at all. I, I mean, it was literally two articles that I had to read, and it took me all of maybe two hours because I'm a slow reader. Um, and I had to just force myself to sit down and do it. But uh, I played Rockman 2 with Lachlan on saturday 
and that was that was a ton of fun i we I, we heard a lot of uh good things after you guys were done because i didn't i don't know what you guys had said or what was said i just know that i really enjoy playing rock band too because it's a it's it's the alternative to actually picking up real instruments and finding people that want to play and uh i find it to be a suitable replacement activity that is equally as fun and challenging now do you guys have a full band or not uh no vocalist that's, that's all we're fine. missing. Uh, yeah, that's blind. probably the best thing that could happen. No vocals. Lachlan, yeah. Lachlan was saying that you guys were doing really well. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't remember drums being as hard as they were, but they definitely are for like the video game portion. And that, um, that's kind of always been the weird thing, that like not being a drummer myself, I've always wondered if the drums felt natural, given you've got a smaller pad, but, but they, I mean, there they are digital pads like that, too. I mean, it's... That seems yeah. like the closest thing to the real thing out of all those instruments. I mean, ignoring well, out of, Yeah, I would say out of, out of games in general, like, that drum kit's probably about the most realistic peripheral you can get out, out on the market these days. Yeah. The Wiimote. Because <laughs> you know when you <laughs> that punch, tennis, you punch man. like this, and imagine the, what, Kevin. What are the good songs you got, Jared? Oh, painkiller, painkiller, okay. visions. Um, we didn't. We never actually finished visions. It was just the the running joke. Like, oh yeah, we'll just do this quick, and it was like all these just five star songs or whatever they are. Right, it's just impossible. But Painkiller is one that I don't think I've I've played before. I've heard it once from Judas Priest before. And uh that song is the long world's longest solo. I think one of my favorite songs that we played though was uh some song by Kansas Carry On uh My Wayward Son. That that's really fun to play on the game. Uh especially on drums, I think. And Foreplay long time? No, we didn't play that. Oh, that's great because once you get out of the intro, it's easy as hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. There's a lot of really good songs on there. Trouble is, is especially if you're going to do vocals, like you have to have heard the song before if you're going to sing to it. Yeah, Run to the Hills. Did well, Did you get any of that in? <laughs> I wish that's that's a I love listening to that song by itself and playing it would be even better. Yeah, we only wound up I think we only played for maybe an hour and a half or two hours. I had to wake up early the next morning, so I kind of left earlier than I was hope uh, like hoping to have stayed. And that was yeah, that was that was mostly it. Uh Lachlan's really great at playing the guitar and bass on it. Uh his uh, girlfriend uh, Laura is a pretty good drummer, so and she enjoys that. So that's fun. Um, I haven't picked up one of the plastic guitars in a long time, so like the first few songs, I was like, "Come on, hands, work with me!" Like doing the first five songs, I still felt was so it a, rusty. Was it a rock band control like rock band guitar or was it a guitar oh yeah guitar? yeah that's the other thing is it was the rock band controller which is just by nature more difficult to use than the guitar yeah, the, hero controllers the rock band one i it's the i guess to call it strumming yeah the strummer is horrible. whatever plastic strum bar 
it doesn't it's not that it's worse it's that it doesn't click it doesn't have that mechanical switch that you can that you can tell that you've plucked uh, a string or played the chord and so like whenever you do rep- repetitious stuff there's not like a specific trigger point that you can tell so like my timing was way off well, and on a real guitar you can tell exactly when you've plucked a string cuz you know that's just the the tactile feedback that you get from, from playing from a, at least as someone who doesn't play any sort of stringed instrument like a guitar it's from the um, the guitar hero Even, one you i just only pressed down whereas <laughs> the the rock band one is kind of meant for you to go up down up down I guess. I mean, both of them go up and down. They both go up and down, but it's a lot easier just to well just mash down on the, <laughs> on the on the Guitar Hero one. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I think they're equally like. There's a little. There's maybe a little extra travel in the Rock Band one, and I think that's probably a good thing for like the longevity of the plastic instrument. Um. You know, in case people are a little more rough, as tends to happen with, you know, plastic stuff in general. I think that's just a fact of life. You got to get that reinforced. Uh, yeah, pedal for, for the yeah. drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to buy a metal, like, l- thing that overlays on it. I noticed that was something else, too, is, like, I'm used to you know literally just beating the shit out of like a real drum set like you can go fairly hard in hitting a a drum set before anything even feels remotely like it's about to give way and even if it and, does a broken head is like whatever i'll just throw another head yeah on. it's like 12 bucks at most and then you just replace it and uh but like the drum pedal man i was like I was kicking it, and I'm like, this feels like it's going to collapse. Well, were you and playing with your shoes on or off? Off. Okay. I mean, and even, yeah. and it's, even, it, actually yeah. Says, it actually says yeah, I to know. Like, play with your shoes off. And I've, I've had one of those childhoods where I've broken plenty of friends' toys just because I'm apparently rough with stuff. So, like, shoes immediately came off when I saw the plastic pedal. And even then, I was like... I was like playing the game and I'm like, this thing feels like it's just going to break in half and I'm going to get a shard of plastic through the, you know, through the arch in my foot when it, when it inevitably breaks, but it didn't. Although I think my score suffered. So other than multipliers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The band multipliers. If we were all playing together, that's, that's, that's something I enjoy. The game, does that stuff where it it does focus on the the group play rather than individual stuff like guitar hero but uh other than that i played i did some death match in um csgo to try and finally get to rank three so i can play some fucking competitive already otherwise i'm gonna have to uh, i'm just gonna give in i'm gonna buy this stupid six dollar uh bloodhound up upgrade that they just put out so I can just go back to competitive and play because that's ridiculous. I've probably played three or four hours of gameplay before I ranked up to level two, and I have to get to three. And I just like 
that could have easily been eight competitive matches. I don't know. I feel like it's so stupid that they have all this smurfing stuff that they want to include now. Other than that, I did do a lot of media outside of um outside of gaming, I guess. Some uh Jurassic Park and Mad Max. Both? Saw both. Yeah. How is Mad Max? Lachlan really hyped it up. I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't know if I'm going to spoil anything. I Well, I know what you should say. The spoiler cast. What you should say is, what's your score? I think I said 95. It's definitely an A percentage. Is it it's a like, high school A or is it a college A? It's a, <laughs> a definitely a high school A. I don't know. That sounds like less accomplished. <laughs> that, that's yeah, what somehow, it means. <laughs> it's more accomplished. So then in the case of a college A, I guess. It's like 85 uh, for me. I was thinking like high school A where it was like there's even less um, give and take. Like it's only a 7% range. Yeah, 93 and up. Versus a 90 and up. So I would, oh, I get, I get I, you. In that, in that sense, between a 93 and a 100, which is why I said like 95, definitely an A. I, it was I never just really so understood cr- the whole high school grading scale. Uh, <laughs> it's because like, all of their stuff is just completion. You just get it done, turn it in, and basically you've got an A. And some kids can't, like, they just can't do that. And I don't understand. Like, if you do the work on time and you turn it in, that is more than 80% of your grade right there. We got, uh, I mean, like, granted, we're from a sl- there's a slight age gap. And obviously, I'm from a different city. But we got know, graded you- on uh, accuracy. Okay. But we also had the 10-point scale, too, so... That that you is mean like to point out ninety to one hundred and eighty to ninety. Yeah, exactly. Okay, no, that makes sense. But I've heard so many high schools do the seven point scale, and it's like, oh, why? Yeah, why ruin it's a such a narrow margin? I don't know, Matt. Any any feelings on that? Uh, it's all arbitrary crap. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think I want to say for most of my classes, if you just do the work on time, you're pretty much bound to succeed in it. That's just been my feeling. Anyway, yeah, I thought the I thought a uh, Mad Max was it was very creative, and that's probably what I liked most about it was um, the environment they put you in and the kind of characters and the setup of the the show. I just really liked how it was always moving. All of the uh, vehicles that people used were all unique, in uh, at least in some fashion. And if not the vehicles, then the characters driving them or the people involved in each situation was kind of new and unique. Or there was some idea that they were trying to establish. So... So it just felt uh, like a, a a new movie, you know. It wasn't rehashing stuff that we've already seen, like Jurassic Park, which I thought was terrible. Jurassic World, or uh, World Jurassic 
world. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Jurassic Chris Pratt. You also hate Chris Pratt for some reason. It's not, I wouldn't say I hate him, but like, I just don't want to see a person in every movie when I go to see movies. Like, can we space them out into different genres, please? Or even in, even though he's like more of the action guy now, it's like, he doesn't need to be in every single one I'm going to go see. That's not how the business works. It yeah, is not. Even think about video <laughs> games. Troy Baker acted or lended his voice in so many different games over the last and few years. And sometimes, like Arkham Knight, he's actually three characters. <laughs> oh, God. Which characters in Arkham Knight? Uh, Arkham Knight, Two-Face, and one other that I don't remember. But I knew... It was him when I heard Arkham Knight and when I heard Two Face, and I was like, "God damn it, Troy Baker!" But so for Jurassic World, should I hold off? Yeah, I'm gonna see that this uh, this weekend. I think. All right. So next time, prepare yourselves. Maybe the um, time after that. <laughs> you're gonna watch it like after the next podcast maybe i don't know i like i i guess uh are we are we segueing into my week uh sure i finished my radio install i thought you did that last okay. week didn't you tech n- no <laughs> <laughs> there was you a thought you did there was a 50 dollar component just kind of laying around not working <laughs> It's a long story, but basically I got my steering wheel controls to work and this is awesome and I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I went on a float trip yesterday. (laughs) That was the the big thing that I missed Sunday. I went on a float trip. Basically, you pay $20, some group of people put you in in a bus, they drive you up a river, they give you a tube. And they tie them all together, especially since we were in a big group. And then you just go. Like, and that's the end of it. That's like the entire experience is they just push you down or push you into the river in these, in the tubes and, and you just go. Is there beer involved? If you want beer involved, yes. Was there beer involved? Yes. All right. That that sounds pretty fun. Was there enough beer? No. No. Because there was three guys who brought a six-pack between them, and the float was four hours long. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours long? Yeah. I would say that's pretty accurate. Three and a half, four hours of just kind of floating at two miles an hour, one mile an hour. The occasional stop on a sandbar to relather. Relather? Relather. <laughs> like reapply sunscreen. Why don't you use the spray kind? Because that shit doesn't work. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're just floating, no, you could probably just put the put the sunscreen on as you're floating in your flotation devices. I mean, you could, but that's a pretty uncomfortable experience trying to do anything while sitting in a tube. We're like laying in a tube, right? Or laying in a tube. That makes it even harder. 
standing. Standing? In <laughs> that, that would be fun. My that God. That would be hard. <laughs> Show me uh, your a bunch ways. Of other things. <laughs> that would be tough as shit. Those things are unpredictable, just like the uh, depth. <laughs> How much does uh, a float trip cost you? I said 20 bucks, or this one was 20 bucks for me. I don't know how much other people charge. I'm sure you could just grab a tube and go to this place and jump in. No one's going to stop you. Like, if you go a little farther upstream, (laughs) there's not going to be, like, you know, people guarding the river. It's not like they own the river. Yeah, they Nobody owns the river. Exactly. Like, they they can't do anything. In other words, international waters, as we we kept calling them. It's like, anything goes on international waters. Pirates. We were planning to pirate. Pirate movies while you were on the flotation devices. No, pirate beer. Because we didn't, we ran out. Going to steal. Did you run into any other convoys of inner tubes or whatever actually we detached so like there were there was like a group of 50 people and so they just made two giant 25 like pack rope together tube sets and like all of my all the friends or co-workers i was supposed to go with were on one set and like when they when they launched like these people just like ran and jumped into the tubes that we were supposed <laughs> to be in and i was like well, it was me and one of my coworkers' girlfriends who were like, "Yeah, that's our friends," and I was like, "Yeah, that's my beer," and uh, they they just like left, and like the the co- the workers of this tube thing were like, "Okay," and then like there was actually one person there who was helpful. She's like, "Just get on this other set, detach, and like go meet them," because I don't know what was happening. They should have just let us create our own packs. It doesn't take a. Did you get your beer back? Yeah, that's what I said. So we just okay. We got on the other group. We launched and detached and just like went over to the other or where our friends were. And we we were all of like two minutes in and we weren't going anywhere. They were like sandbar and it's like you don't stop (laughs) like two minutes in and just like jack around. But that's what they were doing. So they were just like, all right, we're detaching. So the seven of us just detached and floated on. <laughs> are, and are these the like special were... tubes? And how do they attach? No, it's just it's just a typical tube with like two handles that you like when you're sitting in there, you can grab onto them. Uh-huh. And they just put like nylon rope between the handles of each okay. each tube. Okay. And uh then there's one special kind of central tube that has um, like an inside part where you can set things in, like a like your coolers. And uh, that's where you store your stuff. There, there, this just seems like such an interesting concept to me. I really want to go on a float trip now. Yeah, it's important to go with friends. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine. Go alone. and Just like my PlayStation <laughs> list. <laughs> Just like your PlayStation friends. Oh, I have developments on that too, by the way. <laughs> but that... You're making friends? Maybe. Maybe that's happening. I don't know. Probably we'll, not, though. We'll have to hear about it 
in the coming minutes. <laughs> okay. Now go ahead. Yeah. So I, I always forget some giant like event that takes. Anyway, just go on. I went to the zoo today, and uh, for one thing, I, I'll have to know. I forgot how fucking expensive the zoo is. Isn't like, it like not, twenty bucks a person? It's not even like if that. you're an adult without a pass. It's it's fifteen dollars per person if you want to get the basic pass. Uh, the issue comes in more that like I mean we we prepared we brought food we brought water and you can get <laughs> water from the water fountain. But at some point we wanted to get like a soda, and we had to get a bottle of water, and that right. soda and bottle of water were eight bucks together. Just like. Fuck! You could have put the water in the soda. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's the ta- that's what you have to do if you don't yeah, want to pay is, nine dollars. You're, you're just not water. being tactical. Yeah. Wait, you Neil. put the water in the soda? Yeah, in the soda bottle. You drink oh, oh no, no, no! It was a cup of it was a cup of soda. I mean, it's still something that holds it's still a liquid. container. We'll, we'll just put it this $9. way: there was a reason we <laughs> needed to get a bottle of water as opposed to. As opposed cup. to just get fountain water, because I was okay but with you, fountain water. But you said you brought bottled water. We we brought a big bottle of water, and then we ended up spending like, <laughs> all right, I I got the sky uh, the sky lift. Yeah. Uh, Again, there's another. Well, there's off. another six bucks. <laughs> yep. Although I I was actually tempted to do the train because by the by that point in the day I was so beat down by the sun. Like, like I was thinking, well, the train would be a nice way to see the rest of the zoo, but we ended up just walking more. And that was that was intense. Our zoo's pretty now, is good. That, is that, Our zoo is amazing. It is like noted as the best in America. Yeah, it, it's good. It's is, really good. Is any of the African stuff done, or is that still in construction? Uh, you're, we're talking like the elephant stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there were a few exhibits from the Madagascar exhibits that are open, but the majority of it's going to be open in 2016. Okay. So I would, I mean, like we might go again just to do the, uh, the stingray beach. And also, uh, I kind of want to go and check out like an IMAX movie that is not transformers. That'd be kind of cool. Um, you could just do that at somewhere else though. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think you necessarily have to, be admitted into the zoo to see their IMAX. Do you? You can just go to. The yeah, you can just go to the AMC. IMAX. Yeah, or the AMC. Does our AMC actually show documentaries though? It shows like no. a ton of things if you're if you're looking like at the events and stuff that they want to show. Yeah, I'll have to check it just out. Like, I discovered that Tiffany's never been to an IMAX before, and uh, I've probably gone to. Man, dozens upon dozens of IMAX films uh, at our at our museum in Hastings, Nebraska. Yeah, we had an IMAX for some weird reason, but that was actually well, cause, really really cool. Because, like, for the longest time, I didn't realize that the movie theater showed other things than like movies. As a kid, I don't know because like no one had ever mentioned any special event until like um, my old drum instructor told me about the drum corps in international uh competition and they showed oh, you it you mean just like every couple of weeks there might be something playing that you would sure. otherwise not expect it to right yeah i mean like, like i'm i'm aware of that like how uh, amc did the 
the uh, Sony E3 showcase. Yeah, well, like I, I was thinking more like being able to go to the AMC IMAX and see like the scientific document uh, documentaries. They did a. Uh... <laughs> They did life when it came out. Yeah. But they typically don't keep them going? No. No okay. one pays for Probably that. It's on right. TV. Eh. <laughs> Discovery. I, I loved going to the IMAX and seeing... I, I think I think literally the film was just called Space. It was such a great, great movie, or IMAX film, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's definitely worth doing, though, at some point in your life, so I figured I should probably... Uh, probably take Tiffany to one of those things at some point. So I might, it might have to be at the Henry Dorley. You know, it was so flipping hot though that whole time. Uh, it the the only thing I could say is it's really depressing going to the uh, what what do they call it the cat? Uh, oh, whatever. The, that's something yeah. to do. With, you know, it's just where all the the feline the cat are. den, <laughs> the or cat corral, like the cat carnival. I don't know. <laughs> it it kind of had a it had some sort of like rhythm to it. It's super depressing seeing all these tigers and lions like panting like they're going to die in the next 10 minutes. You're aware that like one of the most prominent lions died like two days ago. I was not aware. Heat yeah. Um, no, it just cancer. <laughs> Shit. He, he, uh, he, he was the father of the last two litters they had. And they have a, um, a Henry Dor- they Because they have books and stuff they make there. And one's called the Littlest Lion, and that was it was about his son, and they used pictures of it. It was basically just like you know a children's book where they used actual pictures of animals, and that was one of his kids, and he died yesterday after like or two days ago this week. I'll just go with that after like a five year battle with cancer. I've I've got the news up uh, to thanks to Scribs Media or KMTV Action Three News. Lion comma fifteen comma dies at Omaha's. Henry Dorley Zoo. Sounds very uh, very detached when they just call him Lion. Zoo officials say a 15-year-old African lion named Mr. Big died Thursday after health staff discovered cancer he had was diagnosed with five years ago had spread to his lungs and liver. In June, the zoo uh, says care staff noticed Mr. Big was lethargic and losing weight and appetite. When he was examined, a biopsy was inconclusive, though they suspected the cancer might have spread. That's ah, kind of a bummer. Yeah, it always sucks when they die like that. But hey, he's got he helped the zoo out a lot with having all those kids. He was uh, he was a boss, you could say, forced yeah. into breeding. I mean, he he could have chosen not to. He could right. have been like a panda and been like, no, no, I don't want to procreate. So I added two people to my uh, PlayStation friend list. I don't even well, know what uh, it's called. PlayStation two hundred percent increase. PlayStation Network pals. Yeah, the, they're PlayStation <laughs> friends. Uh, one of my coworkers, another coworker that I've been talking to uh, for the longest time about going into uh, Bloodborne, we uh, finally connected. I finally added him, and he accepted. And then his roommate, his roommate John, and actually, kind of to preface, John is the guy that actually came up with the name Fetch Quest. I think I might have given this story before. Uh, and Keith is the other guy, and we we were talking about like starting the podcast, but it just never seemed to schedule out too well. I added Keith and John, and I was getting all hyped up to play some Bloodborne. You know, I was practicing with my character or with a new character, trying to make sure I was like could get caught up with the new weapon I chose. And then it turned out they were playing Rocket League the entire night. 
Rocket League. Rocket. I'm unaware of Rocket League. Me too. So Rocket League is basically... Uh, is it crap? The best way to put it? No, it's apparently it's apparently pretty good. I just kind of don't want to play it out of spite that it that it stole away my Bloodborne friends. Uh, but if you want to think of it Can this strange way... Can you call them your Bloodborne way, friends if you've never played Bloodborne with them? Shut up. <laughs> Man. The way sad. Keith described it to me, and I, I don't necessarily think it's the best way to put it, but it, we're going to go with it. Think of Twisted Metal type of gameplay where you're in a car and you shoot things, except you're playing soccer with a giant ball. It, it's kind of more like... Uh, that from like actually the, awesome. A better way to put it might be more like you're playing with RC cars to give you an idea of how the ball represents or the ball size to you. But uh, yeah, it's pretty surprising how many people have been playing this game. And uh, I think it's free for PlayStation Plus members. I don't know if it's just for a limited time, but the the servers were basically fucked day one because uh, it was so overloaded. I doubt they really expected it to be this popular, but it, it's kind of funny on Twitch TV right now. It actually has 71,000 viewers compared to the 101 that uh, League of Legends has. So surprisingly, like getting really close and completely beating out Hearthstone and CSGO. But aside from that, I haven't really been playing anything new. I, I think I need to have an intervention with League of Legends again. Intervention? I've been I've been playing quite a bit of that. And right now it's to the point that I'm so out of practice that I suck and I'm losing most of my games. And so I'm pissed off as I'm playing, but I keep playing because it's so fun. <laughs> so like me and Jared with Team Doubles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but two new friends on a PlayStation Network, you know, that that's big. You can't call them friends until they actually play with them. Hey, yeah. man, I sent them messages and we voice chatted for a while. And I heard <laughs> them play Rocket League. Yeah, I, us- <laughs> I usually do that to people I really don't like in games. Just voice chat and then send a couple messages. Like, hey, you suck. Yeah, I'll, report you for, I'll report you for poor I'll play. Report you for sucking or whatever. <laughs> However, Xbox words it. Random question. You mentioned Twisted Metal earlier. Uh huh. Have you played a, a, the variant, like, uh, vehicle combat game, Vigilante 8? Oh my gosh, was that for the PlayStation? Yes. Yeah, I played a little bit of that. Oh yeah? I think I remember already There's at lots that of, age. Lots of power-up pickups. I'm trying to remember anything about that. I, I am sure I played that game, but at the end, end of the day, it was never Twisted Metal 2. It doesn't seem 2. like a game that Matt would play. I played Twisted Metal. Did you play? Quite a bit. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it was... I I mean, I, I always say my first multiplayer experience is Battle Tanks. So it's like an upgraded Battle Tanks. <laughs> At least Twisted Metal like 3 was. Damn, Battle Tanks looks serious. Do the second Battle Tanks. I think it's called like Assault or something. Is it still for N64? Yeah. It was, it was cool because the cartridge was green. And Global not Assault? I don't, I don't... Maybe. I don't know. Didn't you and I play a little bit of that one day? Maybe. 
This was like two years ago or something. Oh, yeah, it's totally called Global Assault. You had it out, like, for some reason, and so we just played a little bit. This is oh, like I'm, the year after you moved back in. That's, from, that's uh, right, yeah, because I, I got nostalgic and started playing some uh, N64 yeah. games. That's when I tried to replay Turok. And man, <laughs> yeah, did I suck. that's what you were doing. And man, did I suck. Again, <laughs> <laughs> too difficult. This game looks so much more brutal than Twisted Metal. Because, like, in Twisted Metal, the one of the bosses was a tank. So by this logic, everyone is a boss. Well, it's, it's cool because it had a co-op campaign mode that was really fun. Huh. And I think, I don't want to say it was co-op campaign. was That was actually before its time, but it was the first one I've ever experienced. And I know me and my brother spent hours upon hours just replaying that campaign. That's fun to think about. It's it had a cool system where like he started off a match with like let's just say a, a arbitrary number of two hundred points. Then you pick what tank you want, and depending on how awesome it is, you spend a different number. Like if you want the Goliath tank, it's a hundred points. Okay. If you want the normal tank, it's like forty five. If you want the tiny <laughs> little pissant one, it's like fifteen. But they all have different. Like a lot of the objectives are basically just like. There's, like, story prefaces, like, rescuing people, but it's all just capture the flag and, like, assault and defense. So defense, you want the big ones. But, like, for some of the capture the flag type stuff, you want the fast little pissant and then the bigger guy defending them. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, that game, I still say that game was way ahead of its time. Total, total, like, retro fun stuff. Speaking of Mad Max, though, have you looked at the game at all, Jared? Mad Max the game? Yeah. There's a game. Because that's, it looks like another... I mean, because I don't think there's been very many recent vehicular combat games. Oh, very true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think about this. Because, like, I feel like the, the age of these style games, the vehicular combat is, for me, it feels like it's done. But maybe they're doing something new with it that could revitalize it. Because, I don't know, for some reason I don't see myself playing many hours of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. Just, uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of screenshots that I can go from here. But anyway, I don't know. I know I'll definitely take a look when it's got more more substance. I mean, I love the art style and, and uh, creativeness that the movie had. So if they can capture that in the game, then yeah, I think... I think that could be worth playing, like customizing your vehicle to fit a situation. Right. Or so capture Neil, When you, when you were magic. talking about your uh, two friends, can you play Bloodborne with three people? Yes, you can do three cooperative play or players at once. What about, like, so what's the max for the actual, like, competitive multiplayer? I'm not sure if they allow multiple invaders if we're going to call them that in this game i've only had single invaders or one-on-ones but i think if i have uh cooperators or i I can't remember how they how they label them in bloodborne that might open up the possibility of getting more invaders out at a time so if that's the case then you might even have up to three invaders at once but i don't know if that's the case because that'd be cool the the nice thing with uh, cooperation or with summoning other hunters though is that uh, you you do indeed like have a way to password protect it so you can ensure that only your friends 
are getting into your game instead of getting some random pub. Can't you just invite them? It's a little different than that. Like the idea is that you have to start ringing a bell. We'll call it a cooperation yeah. bell, and then someone throughout, else has to. Throughout all these games, the, the their multiplayer schemes have been so archaic in my mind. I I would entirely agree with you, uh, but just, the fact why that can't they I have, just go to my friends list and invite someone and them come? No, you have to hold this bell, and they have to be in the same location, and you. You got to do all sorts of other weird crap. While we're on the topic, I mean, you can even analyze the fact that Bloodborne, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, they don't really have a difficulty setting either. The game is just the difficulty it has to be. Right. And the only time you do that as a developer, I think, is when you want a player to experience the game the exact way they mean you to experience it. And so by giving this like kind of rough cooperation schematic where like basically once we, you know, I could summon you into my game, but once we go and beat the boss, which is ultimately the goal for that, that area, then the cooperation ends. I I think they're trying to force you to experience the game by yourself as much as possible, but they're not keeping you from playing it cooperatively all the way through. That might be the best way a technically shit system <laughs> and maybe i'm just is, trying to justify it that yeah, way yeah i'm just you're just trying to lore justify having shitty <laughs> invite system <laughs> it doesn't seem too bad within the given stance of if i don't have friends and i need help on a boss i would like to note that i never drew in uh any like online help through my playthrough of bloodborne so i'm really fucking proud of that now but, like, if, if you just wanted to get some random pub, it's not like you have to go into some sort of weird matchmaking scheme. All you do is you ring a bell or use an item and wait for someone to join you. This actually might be on, uh, on the same subject as an email we received uh, last week. I figured let's, uh, let's jump into it. All right. Matthew from Nebraska writes, and no, not, not you. We, we had, okay. I am... This is the same Matt as before. Okay. Uh Uh, Neil, you've gone on quite a bit about Bloodborne. If you're interested in diving deeper into the story, there's a YouTuber named Epic Name Bro that you might enjoy. Uh, And then he continues, You guys have brought up a few YouTube personalities, including Angry Joe and Two Best Friends. Uh, Are there any other YouTube or streamers that you would suggest? And I I would note, uh, like, after I got that suggestion, I, like, a week and a half ago, I actually looked up Epic Name Bro and... Uh, his content's actually fantastic, and he does a lot of Dark Souls stuff as well. So, if you're ever feeling the need to like witness those games, uh, Epic Name Bro or Enb for short is a pretty cool guy. Matt, you want to start us off? Uh, only other one I watch is the Rad Brad because he gets content up for new games fast that I don't want to play, but I want to watch. Who is this? Who? Rad Rad Brad. Rad Brad. Is he heavy on the commentary? Yes. And he's also horrible. (laughs) I guess if if the goal is to get you new stuff quick. Like he did. That's pretty nice. Oh, what game was it? It was Wolfenstein, because I wasn't sold on the original, like, when it came. Wolfenstein, I can't fuck, I'm going to get the name wrong. The Old old Blood, uh, when it first came out. The New Order? Yeah, the new order. Thank you. Good God, I told you I was going to get it wrong. 
it's confusing. But I wasn't just, sold on it. I'm like, it's got no multiplayer. It's got none of this. It's only a single player game on a, a shooter. I'm like, this is kind of weird. So uh, he had like the entire game beat in like two days and have videos up for all of it. Oh wow! So that's that's dedication. Like it's he's really good at it. That's like, like playing all day one day and then like editing it the next. Like niche games that you want to like. Are you hear a lot about, but you don't actually want to play? Like, I guess, um, what's it called? Like, 1886, The Order. I watched his playthrough of that. Because that's obviously, well, I don't have a PS4, and even if I did, it does not look like something I would pay for. Yeah. But it's it had a lot of, t- people were talking about it a lot, and it, so I thought it'd be worth a watch. So I watched that in a in a class. That's about it for me. Do you watch anyone in particular, Jared? My Facebook, or not Facebook, my uh, my YouTube feed would say I watch Sea Manners all the time. Sea Manners? <laughs> For anybody out there who knows this guy already, yeah. Sea Nanners, S-E-A, Nanners. And uh, it's just like, it's just him and his friends just goofing around for like, I think every single one of his videos is five minutes long at most and it's just the highlights from his gameplay but somehow each of his videos he gets like between one and two million views which is a ton of money in uh youtube ad revenue that's like that's like eight or nine hundred dollars a video and he puts out like four to five videos a week i want to say I don't particularly watch a bunch of his stuff. Like I don't dedicate myself to it. If I've, I probably won't watch any of it anymore now that I don't have any time. But like on on a lunch break, sometimes it's it's kind of fun to just see what what they do for fun because they he play has a lot a video of modded series games called Cooking with Sea Nanners. No, he what? <laughs> I'm like I'm I'm watching Cooking with Sea Nanners right now. He every single one of his videos looks like. Oh, yeah, that's like his latest... No, that was a year ago, it says. Yeah, he just... He labels each of his videos as though they were themed. So, like... I don't know. You just have to watch three or four of them to kind of get the idea. Okay. But uh, mostly plays a lot of Gary's Mod. And uh, plays with about the same three or four people. And then they do an animated series where they take those videos and they take the voices out of out of the video and then they reanimate the series or the episode <laughs> with uh characters and it like some of the time it gets it gets way funnier when they animate it and some of the like the basic stuff is is really funny as well but like uh when he because half of the episode is just him laughing i've probably said this before half the episodes is just him laughing and uh so, like, when he laughs in these animated videos, they just, like, overlay a dolphin on him, laughing hysterically. And, anyway. But he's probably one of the few, not even a streamer, it's like, he just makes some content, puts it out on YouTube, and that's where I'll, I'll watch it, most likely. Otherwise, I don't care about um, PewDiePie. I don't care for... um markiplier very much i think they're both just they're like obnoxious in a totally different way 
from each other than sea nanners and from each other yeah and in, i i want to say in more of a scripted not um like realistic way like i've never seen anybody act like they do in person and so it feels like really fake yeah i know, I, I know where you're coming from there like that's why i really really don't like to watch either of their any of their videos because they just like hype they hype up the really stupid shit that happens in games and i don't know it, they just try and get people to have a reaction to their videos i think but i know that uh apparently um markiplier does a lot of donations with using his uh like video funds or whatever you want to call it so i can i can stand by that i guess I always just assume that most people are pretty, uh, not selfish, (laughs) selfish too, like with their money. So it's always nice to hear someone being like more philanthropic with it or whatever. But so anyway, yeah, I would say Seniors is probably one of the few people I watch because it seems like he's like actually having fun in these games. And so are the people he's with. So, and it's just kind of like, crazy fun and it's it's typically always something new it's not like games that people would typically play because a lot of these are just modded games that he uh he'll find with his group of people and then they just kind of go to town i think uh have you ever seen any john tron videos before oh yes well i've seen his like produced stuff that he puts on youtube and that yeah. those are great. Yeah, I, I, think I don't think he awesome. does any streaming, as far as I can tell. He used to do something with, uh, yeah, he had uh, a Ego Raptor. They used to do oh, Game Grumps together. Yep, but now Game oh, okay. Grumps is not. Uh, he he's not part of Game Grumps anymore. If if you go back to the early the early Let's Plays of Game Grumps with uh, Ego Raptor and Jontron or Aaron and Jontron, uh, those are actually really really fantastic. But. Yeah, I was going to say, John Tron's videos are, like, amazing in a lot of cases. Because, like, his videos, he's got a really great... I think he's got a really great sense of humor. So a lot of the stuff that he points out in games, it, like, it totally connects. <laughs> and it makes... It's just really funny. Like, if you haven't seen the Titanic song... Or a song, <laughs> excuse me, uh, the analysis of just, oh like, a bunch gosh. of... A he bunch does of, now. That's that's also what I like is he does like he just does some of these games that no one would ever go back and play. Like, like he the did Barbie a set on games? Barbie. Yes, the Barbie ones are hilarious. I thought those were hilarious. He's like, and now we need to make our way to go shopping again because all Barbie <laughs> does is spend money and doesn't have a job. It's no wonder these kids don't have a clue. Or you know, he just like gets really upset at the social implications that nobody cares about. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's all like really, really good stuff. Uh, he he has this presentation that's brash, and you could equate it to being something like Markiplier in terms of his personality, but it's actually fairly intelligent. So. Right. It's it's more focused, and like he has some like he has really good. Um, I don't know. He's got really focused attacks on games, and, and because he's worthwhile. doing like a scripted play. Or a scripted video, it, it that is totally to his benefit too, because it, it's just significantly 
he's able yeah, to harness it and hone the jokes that much better too. There's yeah, there's a lot more value in watching his content. Uh, in terms of like other video makers, though, I, I'm trying to think of what the channel name is actually called, but I think it's Game Theorists. And I haven't really like gone through their backlog. I think the guy, or let me actually look it up as we're talking. It's basically this guy that kind of talks about a bunch of weird concepts that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily jump into. Like he, it, even though it's kind of beaten to death, uh, when Five Nights at Freddy's was a little newer, he was analyzing what the what those games actually meant. He has like a video over. Uh, not Ocarina of Time. The it's the Zelda that Matt loves. Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask. He has. You a mean whole, the best one? Uh, he has a whole like analysis video talking about how it is a story about Link being dead. It's like him going through purgatory. He's kind of got some interesting videos here and there, but I, I can't really say I've necessarily gone that much further in. But that <laughs> just about does it for me. John Tron's amazing though. He's John totally Tron. Worth yeah, it. I would. Say, okay, I'll say he's be- he's my favorite. But he's not it, it, really a streamer. Yeah, he's not a streamer, and he doesn't put out videos all that often. But he's got a good backlog. Definitely worth going through. Matt, uh, you reminded me earlier that Comic-Con's going on. Uh, yeah. Before we kind of get over. into some of... Well, yeah, it's, it's done. But there was one uh, really big thing that jumped out at me as I was going through some of the announcements... Uh, and some of the rumors and so forth. But the the one thing that I don't know how to feel about this, and I'm consulting you now as my DC expert, uh, there is apparently going to be a new Batman film written by and starring Ben Affleck, co-written by Jeff John, who is also... Is it Jeff Johns, trash. actually? What's that? It's Johns. He's also trash. Eh, he did a, he's done some okay work. You didn't like his... Uh, <laughs> No. His work with Batman Earth One. No. How about his run on the Teen Titans? No. <laughs> he's so, literally just gonna be, he's gonna be Ben Affleck's personal DC encyclopedia. So tell me, how hyped are you for this next Batman movie? Obviously, I'm preceding Batman versus Superman. Pretty sure it's gonna be under the Red Hood, from what I've seen from the trailer for Superman versus Batman, or whatever you want to call it, World's Finest. Because they show uh, um, Robin's, Jason Todd's Robin's suit with like a bunch of Joker stuff on it, and he's dead. So, hmm. I mean, they're like kind of already putting stories there, I guess. So, in, in this universe, Robin is dead. Uh, someone alluded to that this might even be a Batman that's coming out of retirement. Yeah, that's, it's kind of uh, assumed that Batman went into retirement after Robin died. And that Batman is coming back because Superman was such a fuck up with Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you did you watch the trailer, Neil? No, not yet. Bruce Wayne was in Metropolis when he uh, Superman was fighting Zod, and uh, one of the buildings that like uh, you know the part where in that movie where uh, Zod kind of just like laser beams everything with his eyes in the battle, he kind of just, like, looks around and starts a laser beam and everything that's not Superman for some reason. Uh-huh. Well, well, it, that part is shown in this trailer for the second movie, and apparently that was inside of uh, one of the Wayne Towers in Metropolis. So, basically, he brought down the Wayne Tower, and it's uh, Bruce is running toward the building on the phone, so it's assumed that he knows somebody inside of it. 
and then there's like a big smoke cloud, like 9-11 style, and then he's running towards it while everybody else has run away, and then it shows that like it's completely destroyed and leveled, and then he like hugs this like little girl that somehow survived, huh? and then he looks up at like the remainder of the building, and he looks so pissed. <laughs> so like it's ben like... Affleck. Yeah, he it's he's mad because he he killed apparently killed someone close to him and his like family and almost killed this little girl. Right? Does does he think Superman actually did it? It's not really shown or implied, but there was laser beams. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't necessarily know that Zod has laser beams. Right. I this, I thought the the trailer looked pretty good. It showed uh, Gal Gadot. As a, a Wonder Woman, and it's better than I anticipated. Just as long as we don't have too many shots of Batman in good lighting, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy this movie. I just want, I just want your reaction on Ben Affleck directing and starring as in his own Batman movie. It's gonna be fine. I don't see why it would be bad. You really? You're on board for this? I was always on board for Batfleck. Uh, it's fine to be on board with with Batfleck. I always become concerned when you're going to star in and direct your own movie. Not to mention well, when it's going to be something that is beyond that of your creative capabilities. I, that, that's not the right way to put it. That's why Jeff Johns' his personal DC encyclopedia is going to be there. Whoa, you can't do that. <laughs> Batman can't fly without gadgets. <laughs> exactly. Whoa! Exactly. You don't have laser, laser vision, Batman. Hold on, laser vision. Maybe I can understand a little bit there. I just, I don't know about this at all. I mean, he's directed recently some fantastic movies, so like the town. Still, as a director, yeah, yeah. I think and, he's uh, a good director. It's just, it, it seems like a stretch. Maybe it's because I'm thinking too much that. Batman, regardless, is a superhero movie and not a serious movie. And maybe that's the wrong way to analyze this. Maybe it's I mean, entirely the both. wrong way. But it was still a superhero movie. I, I, I think I'm just, I'm just approaching this with a closed mind at the end of the day. But Jeff Johns, man. I, the, best, the best writer for DC in the last, we'll just say, 50 years. <laughs> let's get a guy who's never written a Batman comic in the a continuity Batman comic, I could say, and put him on the Batman movie. That seems like a great idea. Well, he wrote he wrote Robin really well in Teen Titans, I'm telling you. Fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's fine for me. <laughs> that's all that matters is the Teen Titans. <laughs> they also released a, tra- a trailer from uh, Suicide Squad. I don't know if you saw that one. I did. You saw that one, but you didn't see the Batman vs. Superman one? <laughs> I <did. laughs> That's well, kind of weird, isn't it? Because I have more like personal interest for Suicide Squad right now, I guess. With Captain Boomerang? <laughs> Just all these weird things. Like, I never realized Will Smith was going to be, uh, was going to be Deadshot until we talked about yeah. it two weeks ago. So that's just a, like, a giant surprise to me. And my issue with having Captain Boomerang in... My issue with their Joker, like, it, it's for the wrong reasons, but I'm more interested in Suicide Squad right now. 
you what do you think of uh jared leto's joker he's the only one who really spoke in the trailer it's better than i expected to be completely honest like i, I was so used to seeing all the doctored up images or right. the, the leaked images i guess and mm-hmm. i was expecting him to be more clean cut hipster joker but seeing him as grotesque as he is for one thing it is definitely the better approach than i was expecting i don't know what of do you think ca- of all the characters i feel the most concerned for harley mainly because if you look at you got these characters you know you got deadshot who's i mean his name's deadshot you got captain boomerang's basically that one bullseye or what dead what's his name bullseye or something in, in marvel He's basically him, but with the boomerangs. He kills people with them. Um, you have all these like hardened killers on the squad. And then you have Harley, who just carries around a baseball bat. It's, I, her place in it is it seems weird so far. And I need to hear her voice. Because anything that's not Tara Strong is going to sound... I want to hear her, what her... I guess, if she's just going to imitate Tara Strong... Or if she's going to try and put her own spin on it. Honestly, I think she'd be better with trying to like put a new spin on it. And Tara but Strong, like, just to be clear, was is the, the Boston Mr. J. Yeah. Okay. Which, which wouldn't fit really in this universe. I mean, Jared Leto's voice sounded fine for Joker. I mean, Joker has so many different ways of doing him well i feel joker's been presented by so many different actors at this point that we wouldn't think twice if this we wouldn't think twice if a voice was completely different like 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 jack nicholson did a really good job i mean mark hamill is the definitive joker and then uh heath ledger of course did did the another excellent job everybody's taken that part so seriously that you haven't screwed it up but with harley i think there's always the chance to screw that up who is uh who's Deadshot's like nemesis? That's a great question. He's like a a roamer. Okay. He doesn't really have a specific nemesis. So how does would, Deadshot how do, how would you say he compares to like um what's his face? Other guy that has guns. <laughs> uh fucking Deadpool? Uh, yeah no <laughs> no my god <laughs> like I, uh, who else has guns like who are we talking I, about i'm trying well you're thinking marvel or dc right now jared dc dc guy with i mean guns. he was in the injustice game come on uh, deathstroke deathstroke oh yeah how does he compare deathstroke's more of a old school type of guy where he likes to get up and personal and kill you okay with his sword Sure. And he sometimes has a ponytail. <laughs> um, and uh, Deadshot's a guy you never see coming, and you're already dead. Oh. Like, yeah. and he's, he, has a, he has a part in um, the Arkham Origins game where he, like, he bounces a bunch of bullets off stuff and kills a helicopter pilot because the helicopter was going the opposite direction that he, like, he was facing the backside of a helicopter, and he shot a bullet and, like, bounced it and killed the pilot what he does shit like that (laughs) yeah that sounds that sounds lame he's pretty cool in the comics like like i get like there's the skill and stuff in that realm but like it takes away from the the cinematic 
and um, kind of theatrics of comics. I think. What do you, you know? Mean? Like it, the, like there's no like build. There's no weight behind the stuff he does. I mean, this is the universes where like people come back to life every fifteen seconds. So I suppose, yeah. Just get but, that Lazarus hit. You got. <laughs> I mean, I, I think uh, Chris said it best a couple weeks ago, and he said the only people that today dead are Peter Parker's uh, parents and Bruce Wayne's parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I think my biggest issue with uh my I'm my biggest issue right now is just Will Smith having his face so pronounced and prominent in the show seems different from the dead shot I'm used to. You mean a white guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and when you say white, literally steel faced or I don't know, like right. it's a covered it's a covered face. I did understand. You, did you see his mask he wore in the in the trailer? I no, I did not. Maybe I didn't realize that was supposed to be Deadshot. It, yeah, is it very much rep- akin to the uh, car- no, uh, comics? No, he repels from a building, and you only know it's a Deadshot because there's no one else who's like Will Smith's height because he's huge. I'll have to watch it again. But yeah, that, that that was kind of my one thing where it's like, oh, it, granted, this probably doesn't make nearly as much sense, but the comparison would be that Ben Affleck is Batman or Christian Bale is Batman. But in order to make Christian Bale appear more often on screen without a mask, they would just use black face paint to cover like the upper half of his face. And then, then he was Batman. <laughs> gotta get those luscious christian bale locks in you know i mean there are times in his movies though where i really don't think it's bale in the costume (laughs) you know i've never like i've only watched the movies once or uh the dark knight and dark knight rises or rising rises rises okay i'm thinking of uh of metal gear solid rising vengeance rising Revengeance. Revengeance rising. Because Bale's only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, and there's some times where he looks like he's 6'8". And that might just be cool cinematography. Like they do it in every Tom Cruise Cool movie. cinematography. All right, you stand right here and you're going to look forward, even though yeah. the other person acting is going to be 20 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I think the, the, the movie you're referring to, the Batman one, is actually going to be the first animated uh, movie that I was going to recommend to you, Batman Under the Hood, Red Hood. Under the Hood? or Red In Hood. the Hood. Under, under the Red Hood. I think Batman gets a gold the, chain. The Batman standalone. Batman gets a gold chain. Now, another interesting thing to arise from Comic-Con, before I turn it over to you, Matt... Uh, was that there was no announcement for season six of Game of Thrones. Oh, God. Who I cares? wonder why, Matt. Maybe it's because season five Jon just Snow got over. is alive. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's too soon. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else uh, that jumped out at you at Comic-Con? Nothing, nothing too major that I saw, at least. I wasn't too in, into it. I kind of just watched my usual like forms and stuff, and if they thought anything was cool, I knew about it. But other than that, I didn't really get into it that much. 
I feel like it's only suiting that we bring this up now. Uh, but Jared's favorite company, Kojina. I, I can't remember how he pronounces it now. Kojina. Konami. Konami. Kojami. Kojami. There we go. It's yeah, Kojami. It Kojami. I actually like. I like Kojina now. Kojina sounds. <laughs> a little that more sounds vulgar. a little suspect. Uh, sounds yeah, exactly. Little, Isn't that the better. goal? Yeah, yeah, maybe it's, a, it's the goal. I like it better. Well, so Metal Gear Solid Five and Konami slash Kojima are back in the news a little bit, and hopefully for the last time before the the release of Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. And that is yes, indeed, Metal Gear Solid Five's box art removes Kojima's name and Ko- or the Kojima Productions Ko- branding. Kojima, yes. Uh, and at this point. Uh, the Japanese voice actor for Snake in Metal Gear Solid uh, has said more or less that Kojima Productions is no longer going to exist. It's going to be essentially broken up or disbanded after Metal Gear Solid Five is completed. Granted, we, we've known about this in some sense or some form for quite a while, but it's now basically being confirmed. Still lots of hype being built up on Metal Gear Solid Five. What do you think about this, Jared? How do you feel? Are, do you feel betrayed? I feel glad that it's all going <laughs> out the window. It's, it's, almost, it's almost over. Just, I'm done. <laughs> Just done hearing about this man, the games that he's worked on. Kojina, you mean. Kojina. Yeah, this Kojina. You know what's going to be great? When it comes we need out, to, we need I'm going to talk about it Kojina. for a couple weeks at least. Kojima really brought out the atmosphere within Metal Gear Solid Five, the Kojima pain. The Kojima pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, Jared, something interesting came up, and I kind of wanted to ask for your expertise on this. But essentially, something interesting. Go ahead. An announcement came out or came through uh, GOG, and basically, they stated that. Any games bought on GOG will work with Windows 10 on day one of, you know, the official Windows 10 launch date. Yeah, I wouldn't Which is July not. 25th, right? July 29th. Oh, that was like a free days. upgrade available to Windows 7 and 8 users for one year. Man, free yeah. upgrade what? It's Fuck a free yeah. upgrade. Free what is a free upgrade? upgrade? Windows 10. You know yeah, about this, Jerry. Right. Yeah, and... You made it sound like it was something new that I had. No, heard no, of. just just adding on to the yeah. Uh, GOG, i um, I'm trying to figure out what games that I have purchased through them. I think they had a Fallout, they had a Fallout pack, and this was this was probably like two years ago when uh, Bethesda and Interplay were having some like argument back and forth about ownership of Fallout related stuff. And so, like, while this was going on and they still legally had ownership over the Fallout name or something, they just, like, basically gave away the Fallout franchise for next to nothing. And so that's how I how I found out about GOG.com or good old games. I've always heard people allude to GOG as essentially the Steam alternative, and that might be the most appropriate way to call it. I think you could call it that. Um, I think what what it really serves to do is to eliminate DRM um, rather than a Steam alternative because what Steam does really well is 
gives you this client that you can just kind of sit in all day and, you know, launch your games from. And it's it's an all all in one sort of thing. But GOG is like, okay, I bought a game. Now I own it. And it's just your traditional model of game ownership where you own the game. And then from there, you can do whatever you want with it. You can install it on nine computers and it'll work on every single one of them. And it's, you don't have to be like logged into some third party account to make it work. It's just, it's on your computer and you can close GOG and everything related to it. And it, it'll still work as it is, you know? So that's, uh, I do like that. Well, the, the surprising thing is that like, they they make this they make this claim or this uh this promise because they were able to successfully uh do this from windows 7 to windows 8 but this also would seem to say a lot about the architecture of windows 10 because we're we're not just guaranteeing like they they're not just a development company that releases one series of games this is a service that provides games from all these different ranges like are all yeah. these different developers. So it's quite a ballsy claim to basically state that, yeah, if you can play this game on Windows 8, you will be able to play it on Windows 10 at this point. I mean, that makes... No, I, I want to say that it's kind of implied that a lot of... Nearly everything that runs on Windows 7 will run on Windows 10. A lot of the 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 kind of weight behind this big change that's happening is just all this legacy stuff that... Microsoft has held on to for so long to be able to be backwards compatible for other for like these old systems that they've had like I don't nobody really cares about any of these backwards compatible stuff because all of the people that do it's like enterprises with like 20 year old applications that are written in Visual Basic 5 sure and that's literally it that's from from what I know, and I feel like I know more than the average person when it comes to this stuff, and it's just like if you if you are still holding on to these applications, it is really time to move on in life. <laughs> it really is. Like I, I don't know. I just don't know how some of these places function with the apps that they have, or just the maintenance and the cost and I don't know. It just makes me kind of frustrated thinking about it. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work to maintain old stuff these days. Like mainframes. My God, 40 years. Just, just get it over with. <laughs> but it's so much money and so much effort because there's so much reliance. I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, everything on 7 and 8 should be forward compatible that that most people care forward. about. I never used to heard that word before. Forward yeah. compatible. Well, it seems Dawn. like anything that wouldn't be, they're essentially going to be providing patches <laughs> exactly. that will allow that, you to use Windows 10 or use these games on Windows 10. When it, it's funny, those quote-unquote patches are basically built into the applications that they that anybody wants to keep running. It's it's basically just these software companies updating their own code to make sure that it'll still work because they may have been relying on some old stuff 
that's been hanging around for too long, and they just haven't had the like business case to upgrade until they find out half the world is going to upgrade to Windows 10 over the course of two weeks. Then they're like, oh yeah, we should probably update this and be ready for it. So they do. Oh, there was also something I forgot to mention from uh, Comic-Con. Essentially, at a at a panel... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This is from Polygon, by the way. But at a panel, a fan asked Marvel Games producer Mike Jones if Marvel was actively looking for partners to make more console games. And Jones responded by teasing that, yes, they are, and you can expect some more announcements as early as next year. But he went on to make the quote that we are very much focused on what our strategy... Our, excuse me, our console strategy will be for the future. Obviously, console games take a lot longer to incubate, so that will be a slower process for all. We are very much taking a controlled, less is more, quality-focused, developer-focused strategy. thing I wanted to ask was, fewer games, obviously, but one of those games being Telltales. Have you... Did you just bring that up to make me mad? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought any more about what this potential game no. could be? <laughs> <laughs> and the last good Marvel game I played was the Marvel Lego game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So good. And then before that, probably one of the Spider-Man games. Yeah, probably Web of Shadows. Spider-Man, I don't know. What other Marvel heroes would make a good game? I, I think a lot of Marvel heroes would offer different opportunities in gaming. I said, what would make a good game? <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine a Captain America game? I could. Like you can't fly, so that gives you a boundary. Like the reason why you can't make a good Superman game would because be because fly? of all of his all of his powers. <laughs> but like Captain America has a limit to his powers. Well, it's easier you, to limit. You, you some... have you have one button to throw your shield and to do shield tricks and then you have a button so for punch and a button so for you're basically kick. playing you're playing halo as but you can throw a shield yeah no you gave master chief a shield oh <laughs> and a suit of armor oh well, technically his armor basically is the shield so yeah you're, you're essentially just playing master chief now except captain america doesn't typically use guns or like it's not he doesn't just carry a gun with him all over the place. He will pick it up occasionally. He, he, he didn't he, in war. He did. Yeah, not not you after know, like, he got unthawed. He was like, "Oh yeah, guns suck because my brain's been damaged from my hibernation." Because that's not a war anymore. Those are just like <laughs> spec ops battles. Yeah. Because why He's the fuck would he need Hitler. a gun for spec ops? He likes to be quiet. Master Chief really isn't the quiet type. <laughs> I just kill people. The the more I think about it, though, but uh, Captain America doesn't really have moral dilemma. He chooses what is best, and what is best is always best. Like, it would feel bad to be given choices as Captain America. But it could still be a good, fun action game, I guess, at the end of the day. Why would you need choices? I'm so enamored with this, uh, what is it, Web of Shadows game for Spider-Man? Right. Like, do I choose between the cat character or... Uh, it's not about that. <laughs> Mary Jane. <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm Just making a joke let here. It, let it, let it let go. Let it go. I guess. All of Captain America's, uh, like, story elements are through his stubbornness. 
and how he's like always do the right thing the right the, thing yeah and how it's there's never a right thing they've always <laughs> written him into those corners pretty well yeah but it's getting kind of old or it's always like okay the right thing it's always when they're always trying to make like a dilemma with captain america's like choosing ability it's always well let's just make a situation where the right thing to do isn't necessarily the correct thing to do and that's his only like plot mechanic like, yeah yeah like basically in, like in the avengers ultron in both in both of them in ultron and in the other one where he's like why are you making these weapons well obviously the fucking human or shield is making these weapons because the fucking uh, aliens are coming. That makes yeah. perfect sense. The killer like, whales well, could are be, coming. These could be used against us, so we shouldn't do it. Exactly. And then they're like, but like, the alternative uh, is extinction. And he's like, no one should die <laughs> if it's not it's, necessary. It's, that's why I've kind of never really liked Captain America. He's, he's, he's too... Like, Naive. He's, so I, he's idealistic to a fault. It's kind of the same reason that, like, some some stories with Superman are bad. It's just like, okay, you can't just be the stoic guy. You have to make a, a tough decision every now and then. No. Somet- sometimes you have to put That's the what needs Tony Stark's here for. The many above the few. Tony Stark is here to make those decisions. Just right. let which him just, do it. Which is probably why he's never like sacrificed himself for like a situation. Like Iron Man's done, and that's probably why they're so like they butt heads in the previous movie. Because like it wasn't wasn't Captain America going up into space to pull the rocket. Not that I don't know. That was like I, situationally I just, dependent. Just tell me what happened in Iron, Iron Man, Man three because I'm probably never going to watch it. I really, I really wish in uh, in Winter Soldier they went on more at that. Because they tried to do some character development alone for Captain America, where he was like, "Does he still want to be in the military? Does he not want to be in the military?" <laughs> and then once, and then once, uh, like they turn on him, or once Fury dies, he's like, "Oh, I'm in the military, and then we're never going to talk about this again." Because <laughs> it's because it's gone. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." I, I kind of liked how he was like, "I don't know what I want to do with my life." He's and it's the not one just leaving. Him. Yeah, it's just. I thought that was really weird how they ha- had like an attempt at it and then threw it out the window 15 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> we call that filler. But yeah, Captain America in a video game. Oh, it'd be so corny. It would be terrible because I already don't like the character. <laughs> you uh, before just, like... you cut out, Neil, I said uh, Daredevil and just make it like an Arkham game. Oh, God, that yeah. would be great. That would be great. And, and could it could it also be like perception, where you actually don't see anything in in your well, beautifully rendered if, open world? If, you're, if your no, daredevil is actually blind, then yes, it would turn into that one game with the blind chick, and she has to like hit the ground. Perception, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the it would, the yeah. game Neil just mentioned is that what he was? Okay, yeah. I forgot that was the name of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Turn into that that. Be... It'd be a it'd be a Batman game, but you have to do that. It, perception but you can fight the enemies the last boss just doesn't move so you have trouble <laughs> finding them <laughs> well the boss is obviously kingpin so yeah he's he's fat and huge so 
absorb sound. What are you trying to say? Yeah, I mean, easy to hear. <laughs> now are it's not light on his feet. Are all daredevils blind? Like all versions no. of Daredevil, no. Matt Murdock. Okay, I showed you. I showed you that comic with like that one lady who didn't believe. Yeah, he was blind, and it was like the chick flashing him and stuff. That was funny. You He's like remember sweating. That, I don't. Do you still have it handy? Oh. You mean does Google find it fast enough? <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should have remembered the artist's name because the the artwork itself is. I like that. I like the artwork. I don't know if Jared was any, had any in, like thoughts about it. About the Jared artwork Devil. style. Yeah. Of that comic in particular. Yeah, it's. I liked it quite a bit. But it seems like the original. The original Daredevil is blind, though, correct? Or define, I mean, the original Batman killed people, so. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that him. He had guns. <laughs> what? Yeah. He had more of a vengeance. I don't kill people. <laughs> you do now. <laughs> they just go to sleep. <laughs> man, I love that. I love that. Oh man. I just throw my bat knife and oh, they go man. to sleep. Looking at this old Batman comic where he's holding a gun. Batman Feels Year good, Two man. Part One. No, it it doesn't it doesn't feel good at all. <laughs> right. I, I got the I think I have the proper not this razor crap. No, it's the right thing. Alright, I just sent the link to the Facebook group. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> what about this art? I kind of liked it. I, it looks like Frank quietly esque, like potato head. I guess I have no clue and I've never paid attention. So if he's not blind per se, <laughs> then what? <laughs> What do you Where'd call Neil go? that? I think Neil, no, I think I'm, Neil I'm still here. I'm again. just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> then what do you call this? Like so he's, he's got, actually not blind in this. He's got like 220 <laughs> vision. I don't even. I don't even know how you quant. Can you quantify something like this? I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about this strictly in scientific terms. Which you it, which you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like he's got one eye, that's good, and Half they an just eye. call him blind. No, it, it's like the thing is the the reason stating that he couldn't be blind is because his identity was shown on the front page of a newspaper, and even though he had the retraction, like he wouldn't be able to read the newspaper. But he knew. But he's not blind. This this. Daredevil is not blind. Maybe he got Braille newspaper. And that sounds expensive. That, that sounds, sounds really expensive. expensive. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds expensive as fuck. <laughs> no, it, it's just weird. Like, I, I I assume that all Daredevils were blind, I guess. The Netflix Never series. Or the That's one that true. I saw on Netflix. He's like uber blind. He goes, he goes perception all over that shit. I agree with you. Daredevil would also, would actually be a pretty good game. But in the same line of thinking, I would also note... Oh my god, I can't think of that guy's name. Uh, his movie's going to be... Or his movie, Shaft? I think, finished. No, no. <laughs> Shaft is Marvel? 
Yeah, I think so. Or I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds is playing him. Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, that's right. They have they have a Deadpool game. They have a lot of Deadpool games. Making an open world Deadpool game would be another great addition to the collection. Nah. An open world Deadpool game. It'd be so good. Just do whatever the fuck you want. Blow up whoever you want. Mac on girls. It'd be awesome. Right. And wouldn't he need like followers for you to play this game? <laughs> and he would just kill them, right? What? Well, you were just talking about he just kill whoever he wants and yeah, kill whoever you want. It'd he's be probably fun. the type to not have a follower or even a co. Oh, you're talking about that that type of shit. No, I mean like <laughs> j- just within the same type of mindset that Batman is an open world game. You don't necessarily need followers in yeah. Batman. In fact, it, Batman's like, get the fuck away from me, Robin. Yeah. Are we just talking about, like, GTA at this point? Yeah, except your Deadpool would be awesome. So just nice. more voice options? There's a mod for that, isn't it? Probably. Really? I, I gotta get it. GTA <laughs> Five for, uh... That, there, there's so many superhero mods, apparently. But just, I still say the Spider-Man one's great. If it's fun to watch, I should say. <laughs> the, the helicopters? I, yeah. Why can't they just oh, delete the helicopter after he's done swinging from it? Is that bothering you that much? Yeah, it bothers me that you look back and then there's a bunch of helicopters. It doesn't, it doesn't bother you that you're holding a grapple gun? What? You you have to have a grapple gun to do it? Yeah. I mean, that's basically what you're doing is you're shooting a grapple gun at a helicopter. Uh, me no like. I, I thought... They had gone far enough with this mod where it was just a built-in mechanic. I mean, you would have to switch to the weapon, but it wouldn't be a grapple gun. In case it's not obvious, I haven't looked at any of those videos. Deadpool. What if Telltales did a Deadpool game? It'd be horrible. It could be pretty okay. I mean, just a... Uh, sure, it, could be pr- it can be pretty okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I accept that. What else? Uh, what else has been happening that you guys feel like talking about? I don't know, there was that 980 thing, but that's, like, all done and over with. The 980? What? Yeah, yeah oh, the hardware the, the, 980 the, thing. The sale, I mean, yeah, for the GTX 980? That's, like, completely over. Are you sad you didn't get one? I don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously, I'd love to have really great computer parts, but I already have a 970 that I bought, like, eight months ago. I don't play nearly as many as much games as some people, and so like, I mean, like the logistical need for one is not there. But the fact that somebody could save three hundred and fifty dollars on one of these cards that that part makes me mad is that for fifty dollars less than what I had I paid for mine or eighty dollars, like I could have got the like basically the flagship that they have for consumers for less money i don't know just bitter just salty well you know what could turn that frown upside down jared have you seen tony hawk's pro skater 5 gameplay shit (laughs) this is gonna make the frown more frowny this (laughs) might (laughs) wait a tony hawk so what (laughs) sorry say that one more time tony hawk frowny more frowny five have you watched the video yeah i watched a little bit until i realized i frowned then i stopped what are you frowning about it looks like shit this is what i was saying about like the same thing with the vehicular combat is like 
I feel like this era of games has passed, and for them to revamp it and try new things might, it's just, I don't know if it's going to work. They got their ass kicked by Skate, and now they're going to try and bring back this shit. Oh, they're they're shit. trying to bring back the unrealistic Superman skateboard game, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's basically what all of them are. Well, Skate is a little more realistic, quote-unquote. Yeah, it's a game, though, so it's not. <laughs> we haven't had one of these games in a while. If they're willing to put in some new assets... Right, uh, because it's not worth it. I'm watching this gameplay right now, and this does not look like it anything looks literally I play. like the same thing we had five. That's or what I'm eight saying. No, I can I, say it works. The last Tony Hawk's game I bought was Tony Hawk Project Eight, and it looks worse than that. Project Eight? What? Yeah, <laughs> you stayed in the series much longer than me, my yeah, friend. Yeah, no, me too. I didn't even make it, it to American Wasteland, so it was. Just, this was a. Uh, Project Eight was prior to American Wasteland. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I was just trying to say that, like that, that was the last one I remember even seeing. But like, I think the last one I had was Tony Hawk Three, maybe two. They need to go in the opposite direction with these games. No, I'm, the, I'm all for this. They need to make this like a Flash game that's <laughs> hard as shit, like Quop. <laughs> Like, can we make a skateboarding co-op equivalent? You just That's have to, all this game needs. You have to use the letters in skate and type <laughs> them at a, a, the, the exact right times for your guy to stay on a skateboard. Yeah, you have to use the letters skate to stay balanced on the skateboard. And then the, like, final, like, objective is to do an ollie <laughs> over, like, a tin can or some Which, shit. If you're not using a USB 2.0 keyboard, you can't hit all of the keys. <laughs> and it won't register it. all the necessary keys in time to actually get the successful Ollie. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I just, I, I'm, I'm watching this gameplay and I do not get excited. The thing is, I, I was not expecting the graphics to be decent at all. And, and given that the last one I played was on like the PlayStation or Dreamcast. Maybe PlayStation 2, I can't recall. Yeah, probably the, the Dreamcast was the last time I played Tony Hawk. So when I look at this now, I'm like, oh, great, that actually looks that looks fine. That looks good. That looks like Dreamcast graphics. <laughs> Everything after Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, it was just downhill. But the, they also have a 20-player online mode. You can be what a skater the skater f- Why you does never that even were. matter? Because you want to skate with your friends. At what point do I start... Or stop caring. I don't Jared, know. Like Jared, let me describe. People? Let me describe yeah. a scene go. that you might be, be familiar with. Oh, Remember okay. those days you'd be walking home? No, you'd probably be <laughs> rollerblading home in your rollerblades, <laughs> and then you saw the skate park, and you're like, "Oh man, I wish I could go." And then there's a bunch of skater kids, skateboarding kids. You know, that's shortened lingo for us hip kids. Uh, flashing off these awesome tricks and stuff. And you'd go in there and they'd be like, get the fuck out of here, you rollerblader. What are you? What are you using? This roller story skates? is taking way too long yeah, to develop. Yeah, just stop now. <laughs> this sounds as bad as what I'm imagining the game is going to be like. <laughs> like, way too long. All those way- dreams of being a skater boy, just like Avril Lavigne sang about, could be true with this game. 20-player online mode. Park skating, editor. Ska- skating Simulator 2015.
Skating Rink Simulator 2015. It's just, you're just going to be staring down at a board, and you're going to be almost falling off for, like, five minutes, and your job is to stay on the board. An accurate experience of what a 30-year-old would feel like skateboarding for the first time. <laughs> right. You'd just be falling off and killing yourself multiple times. Now available trauma. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, like, the Wii had one of those skateboard things that you could use. Or I remember like seeing that. some things on that, but I never really looked into it. That was I a Tony know. Hawk game. And was yeah. It, was it, it terrible? It had to have been. Or SSX. It was a Tony Hawk game. <laughs> it was. Tony Hawk has so a pedigree, terrible. man. That was right. terrible. Speaking of, speaking of pedigrees... <laughs> Have you guys Tony heard Hawk of the Shredder. latest game coming from <laughs> Sega and Pokemon developer Game Freak? Oh my god. No. Well, I found it. It's called Tembo the Badass Elephant. Tenbo. Tembo the Badass Tem- Elephant. T-E-M-B-O. The, the Badass Elephant. This, this, uh, this looks bad. <laughs> looks very bad in fact this i'm gonna i should just stop what i'm doing but it's made by game freak what the fuck is this moving on to other news where did you even this looks so bad (laughs) what am i looking at here i was drawn by the headline and i was like sega and game freak are working on a project together that seems promising. Sega's had a lot of decent titles lately, and then I mean, th- <laughs> this game could probably only be new content. Th- this could probably be like a really cool game, at, you know, just like a fun little neat game. But it's kind of strange to say the least. I don't know. I don't think it's going to beat Super Hexagon. Yeah, you never know. Well, so what are you guys going to be doing this week? Studying class. Contemplating why I chose to do this. <laughs> Have you put? Uh, are you going to put any more time in Alien Isolation? You think? I feel like I need a good like three hours to sit down and do that, and all I've had time is like, well, I guess I watch those movies, so I can't really complain. No, <laughs> Lachlan will be sad. Yeah. Uh, what? What about you, Matt? Did you guys not watch the Halo Vidoc? No. Oh, yeah, let's actually talk about that. I did. What'd you think, Neil? Not being as personally invested in the, in the series, for one thing, nor the company or the people. Like, the one thing I would point out is that a lot of, like, familiar names arose just with conversations uh, that I've had with you about their staff. So it was kind of like, it was kind of interesting to get some names on faces and actually hear a little bit about the inner workings, talking about their choice and and going to 60 frames per second, a set 60 frames per second, and what that would mean with multiplayer and whatnot. Um, right. It was really cool to see like a lot of stuff with Tim Longo, because he's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, too. Like Obviously, it's meant to be epic, because they're dramatizing it. They want you to be interested in the game. But it was just kind of cool seeing... How they kind of hyped up Halo 5 being like, well, you know, by the end of Halo 4, it's like we had brought the team together. So Halo 5 is like clearly going to be the true project to base 343 Studios off of. 
they have their team. It's put together. They they were building the team in the middle of building Halo Four, so it's like it's it's very hard to imagine or to Halo Four is a good way to represent what three four three is because that was more its formative year. If, and if and if anybody's interested in those uh, like how you how they actually are building the game and building certain like sec or like more like the in- more intricate things about game development, I'd recommend watching the sprint vi- the two sprint seasons they've done so far. Where in the first one they're they're talking about building the beta that they did, and these released after the beta finished. Oh. And then the second one was them building uh, their E three showcase. Which was really cool because they were like really struggling with doing it. It was really funny, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's neat to see that a lot of people don't know that almost every Halo game has a different lead on it and a different di- direction. Um, and it's it's kind of obvious to and it's not to like see where that person's background was from um, because of course. Uh, Halo 5 is Tim Longo, who did Republic Commando, one of the best games of two gens ago. And then, uh, I want to say, Halo Reach um, had this guy named Sage, and I forgot where he was from. I know it was some uh, another big uh, first-person shooter. But it's 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 interesting to see how like every, between game to game, their team changes so drastically, and their focus changes. I really like these uh, videos and kind of documentaries of like stuff as they build it. That's part of why I really like BeamNG so much right now is like I get to learn uh, what their kind of what their focuses are, and you kind of get that the more raw sense of what a what a game is doing. Have you ever checked out the Double Fine documentaries? Double what? Double Fine. It's a game company, and uh, essentially they try to be as open or we're trying to be as open door as possible if you will on uh on a kickstarter game that they were making so uh-huh. they basically had a documentary running I, I don't know if it was a web series or if it was just one long movie or what the case was but a documentary running as they were making uh as they were making this game i'm pretty sure this is a separate thing but they will do a documentary over their double fine uh what is it called it's like a contest that they do every year, I believe. And the idea is that like over a short period of time, like three days or so, all of these ind- individual development teams within Double Fine try to come up with these ideas. And then I think fans also vote on them. But in the process of coming through these ideas, they have to you know create some sort of playable demo to showcase yeah. the ideas. And they ultimately turn one of these games into their full game. It's kind of like they... That that part's not nearly as cool, mind you, but they kind of, or this concept isn't, but it's kind of like making their own reality TV sh- game show, I guess, and determining what game they're going to make next. But if if you like these development process videos, uh, Double Fine has, has some backlog stuff that you would definitely be interested in if you like any of their games, which... And I don't know if this is something they do, but like, um, specifically more of like, <laughs> the problems that they encounter and the decisions that have to be made. Cause like there's a really good one on halo two and I think I sent it to Matt and Matt may or may not have seen it, but it was, it was, oh, I don't know what it is you're talking about, but I've seen it. <laughs> it's really good. And they talk about how like the game almost shipped basically without just oh, all these a, different, that was components. a retroactive one. Yeah. 
I mean, it, yeah, retroactive, about, uh, proactive, either one. I, I mean, I'll watch it either way well, as long I, as they. I would suggest the first, uh, the first sprint they did for Halo Five because the whole th- it's like a five episode, like eighteen minute uh, episode series where it's the whole purpose of this is they're building the map truth the midship remake uh-huh and uh they you know they first start out with okay the map's concept art what's the lore behind the map everything yeah. like that and then they go into they go into the play testing of like just the geometry so they show them playing the game with no art on it everything's gray like <laughs> there's no weapons being shown on the player's screens because the game's not that far along yet yeah it's just a reticule and then they keep moving on and on and on. And like, okay, we have the geometry where we want it. So they have to pass it off to art. And then art fucks everything up because it ruins all the sight lines. <laughs> and then they have to ship it back and be like, no, you can't do this. Oh, and, so like and does the art to, generate like trees and stuff and they try and make it more of a... Well, no, like, because like, obviously art wants to make everything as pretty as possible. It's what they're getting paid to do. Right. Because it's 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 so funny watching like playing this then play this game and everything is the same same color of gray there is zero lighting yeah there, there is like zero bullet movement you can't tell what guns everybody has <laughs> it's just a bunch of geometry yeah. with a bunch of like spartans that look really weird <laughs> and then you see that and then by the end of it they have what they had at the, at the beta and just to see the amount of variations they did was really cool and okay. like why they really talk about why and then because they have their they have their pro team, which is all ex pros from Halo, and they're this, they're really vocal about how pissed off they are at <laughs> certain things that Art does. Because like you know how the, how the clambering works, how you have kind of you kind of have to see a certain shape to grab onto. Yeah, like the shape was actually still there, but it didn't look like it was clamberable. Clamberable, and it's yeah. it's just stuff like that. How they're constantly bouncing things off like that. Huh. How how the art and the, and the actual like div- I don't want to what to call that the actual like geometry and the actual development of the map compared to the people just making it pretty the modeling and the, exactly and then how the actual how and then how the the pros the people playing it fit into all that interesting it's yeah, really I thought that stuff was really cool I mean I just yeah because going back to my example the specific one is like where they talk about whether or not they were going to include the shotgun in halo 2's um release and it was just it's just i don't know stuff like that is really fun to listen to especially having played the game it was like i don't think i could play the game without it like what what would take its place but they had so many weapons yeah it's really cool to like watch go back and watch older ones and like see where things went wrong yeah because like if you go back and watch the one about um the weapons of halo reach they talk about how they're trying to like make the weapons all fall into their ranges but <laughs> that didn't actually work because the, the dmr was the only weapon you wanted to use ever like, <laughs> right they really they really wanted the pistol to be the weapon you use up close and then the assault rifle to be useful well the assault rifle ended up being useless again <laughs> and then even up, even up close the dmr was better than the pistol is it's just like the, the the balancing they tried to do and what they said they were going to do, and that's that's the game that had the needle rifle and the focus rifle. Yeah, which I don't I don't know if you remember the focus rifle, but good god, <laughs> the fo- well, what was the focus rifle? It was it looked the weapon looked like a 
a beam rifle, you know, the just like the regular sniper for the Covenant, but it functioned like a sentinel beam where you had to hold it. <laughs> what? Why it had, like, am I so lost? Beam. Oh, it was a, I, uh, it yeah. Was uh, <laughs> it was I'm looking so at this. I'm, oh, yeah. I'd never use this. Yeah. It's, and it's if just I like did, how, I was angry. <laughs> it's just interesting to like go back and watch that video and they're like, yeah, this weapon's for this situation. This weapon's for this situation. And I'm like, well, none of those weapons work in those situations, guys. Yeah. I'm a pretty analytical person, so I think it's fun to know about like w- balancing weapons, especially in first-person games. That's that's an interesting topic. Like, how do they, how does a team measure that? I think is a neat a neat thing. Like, do they just give the like some players and play test it, and they just watch what they use most more of the time, or is it like, well, when they use this weapon, they realize this happens, and so they actually switch and we only want them to hit X percent of the time, you know. Well, they, know. they actually just released a, a statement at Comic-Con about uh, the, the changes that people have noticed in the, in the war zone, the weapons. Uh, and uh, they were talking about, it's a pretty long post, but they basically just talk about why they reduced the rate of fire of the pistol and why they decreased the range of the assault rifle, but then increased its ammo capacity. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they go into a, they go into a quite a bit of depth about why these things are happening. <laughs> and I, I like hearing that kind of stuff, like because I don't know with with someone like me who was super satisfied with the balance of the beta, I didn't want them to tweak anything. But <laughs> right. if they they're the ones who got it balanced in the first place, if they think this is even better, who am I to say? Yeah. Well, I think it it I don't I don't know maybe it gives a better advantage. Like when you first start playing a game, right? Um, knowing knowing the balance of weapons is is a fairly rudimentary thing for first person shooters, but it can be a really great thing to know ahead of time why mm-hmm. they chose certain aspects. I think that'd be helpful for a lot of new players. And it and it was also confirmed, Jared, that they they did not nerf the SMG. They did not. Okay, so it's still yeah. just as powerful. It's still just a fucking bullet hose. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, the they showed a lot of really cool cinematics, all in-game, rendered in-game, but in-game. You also saw one of the project, or was it the project lead or the sandbox lead? Playing with a football in, in the middle of the meeting, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's that guy. I'm not yeah. actually going to throw the football in the office, but the football helps me think. <laughs> I just I, I like how they always like show the name of the room they're in, and it's always like a Halo-related room, like in the name. It's always the name of some important ship that in the in the lore of every room they have. But there's a lot of like talk on the internet about why it's, it doesn't look pleasing to the eyes. The footage they've shown, or what? What do you yeah. mean? Like, well, I mean, like, it's not 1080p, therefore horrible. I think, uh, I think people, like, always look at this stuff with too much, like, with it, with too much credit, not too much criticism, but they look at it too critically. I, I realize that is probably a very similar, whatever. Like, th- this is a hype video documentary thing like you should you you can get some details from the game but for the most part they're not trying to necessarily 
emphasize those points. Like right. they're emphasizing the creation, the the decisions that they've made thus far, and, and dramatizing the video is that. Only released in uh, thirty frames per second. So exactly, you yeah. can't really get the the sixty frame feel because it's going to from sixty to thirty. I can't go back now. <laughs> you definitely in can in like a shooter. I can't in a shooter. Just making sure. Um, I I don't necessarily think. It is all that bad the more I've been playing some other games lately that you do 30 frames in like certain adventure games and certain things where it like the smoothness of motion is that important. But right, but I'm saying like they're saying this is locked 60, this isn't a variable at all. Well, when you said like you're stuck in 60, I, I, I thought you were just talking about like the trailer being in 30, or this uh, Vidoc. No, I, I really I mean, don't like this Vidoc term, dude. It's like the worst thing Vidoc. ever. Vidoc. Vlog. They've been, us- they've been using it since uh, Halo 1, so I don't know if they're going to change. Uh, yeah, since forever. Well, they don't need to change on my accord. I just, don't, I just hate it as much as I hate the word vlog. What I don't do know what's it? wrong with that word. You got some problems. I hate vlog. <laughs> I, I also don't like... I don't know. I, it took me a long time to get used to blog, for instance. Uh, yeah, this is my vlog for the weekend. Um, we just played Team Liquid and we won. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Dyrus did a good job top, and uh, I think we did a really great job with the team. We just need to uh, like focus on a better champion select. Okay. And, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> When you say Your vlog, that's, on there. that's what I think of <laughs> when people say vlogs. But that's, or, yeah, that's or what some really intended. stupid, petty, like overly edited video of someone talking into the webcam, being like, "Hey, say, like, I'm so and so and such and such." Well, I, I I would explain it as a vlog is like a blog, whereas a blog is unedited most of the time, and it's just more open and more upfront about like your train of thoughts and what you're like more raw whereas of like a video documentary it's edited and it's I, has a purpose i understand the principal differences but notice how you just called it a video documentary and like right. even that is better than vidoc or better yet just saying a documentary <laughs> i'm More i'm okay with rockumentary or mockumentary it, it's only episode one of the documentary, okay, of the miniseries. But or, they all have different names. Then it's chapter so-and-so of the miniseries <laughs> documentary. I think you just haven't seen any good vlogs. I probably haven't. I am very sheltered when it comes to certain aspects of the internet culture. Like, if you have a particular in, like interest group that does a lot of videography... They're usually, like, totally necessary at certain points in time. Like, there's a number of YouTube channels I've watched that make vlogs that have very clear reasons why they needed to make them. And it's usually a very informative for the audience purpose. We felt like we needed to make this vlog because we haven't done a vlog in a week? No, because we haven't made a (laughs) full video in a week or, like... Like these are usually people that make really nice, high quality. Or in my case, what I've seen is 
there are various YouTube channels that make really great content. And then when they go kind of a, uh, AFK for a week or two and people really start wondering what's happening, like they'll make a vlog and it'll usually be a quick explanation of what's happening. And then that just like puts the audience back at ease. I think like, John Tron's done one, but he didn't call it a vlog. He called it an update. And I was okay with that. Call I was it what you want. More than okay with that. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can call it whatever you want to call it, Neil. Yeah, as Neil. long as they don't call them vlogs, I'm more inclined to enjoy their 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 content. Vlog because I'm too. I'm I'm really <laughs> bummed with that because their company can put millions of dollars into the production of a good game, but they can't fucking spell out <laughs> video documentaries. Are we charging you on like per word or per letter? I think Vidoc sounds better. Vidoc? It's yeah. like what, the brother of an aqueduct? I don't no, know. Because that's the only place I've ever heard it is in co- is in connection with Halo. And so you have a bias towards it. I have yeah, only yeah, heard damn it right for I the do. first time today. <laughs> and I'm just like or not today, what was it? Two days ago? Which I don't is remember. why I don't think you've seen any good like Vidocs. Vlogs or blogs. I'm gonna link Neil all the Vi- Halo Vidocs, and you have yeah. to watch them. Oh my them all god, now. I'm not watching any of them. Matt, what are you doing uh, this the, week? The Dick Fur Vidoc fan catalog. <laughs> catalog. Vidoc log, because um, it's just shortening catalog. Because that's perfectly fine. Probably gonna play some more EU4, and that's probably about it the vidoc clog catalog clog <laughs> the clog <laughs> double check since i haven't checked it since a week ago whoa did i miss this yesterday did i check it this what? morning we did get a I new email I don't, I don't know when you check the email <laughs> i don't know either apparently uh jake from florida writes in i really enjoyed your guys analysis of the halo stuff at e3 a plus stuff ha <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I wouldn't know. I was open to do. I like. I was. I was open to do that last week, but Matt continued to abstain. Weeks. It was two weeks after. Oh, and I, like three, I, I, I had even actually told. Uh, I had even told. You know what? It's going to serve as our outro. That's all. That's all it's going to do. And you're not going to know about it unless you listen through this podcast, Matt, and listen and, for the and outro. And, and you didn't tell me about it last week, so... Well, it's because because you did not want to do the Halo discussion. That's why I was like, okay, then I guess it's not topical to tell you the surprise. But you'll have to uh, listen for it at the end of this podcast, Matt. You said that last time, and then you didn't post it. <laughs> we, I forgot to post it <laughs> yeah. for like a week. <laughs> yeah, uh, you but, had but one more job. More than importantly, though... I didn't. Uh, I I couldn't put it in because we weren't talking about Halo. I couldn't put it in. That's what couldn't he said. put it in. LOL. Uh, all jokes aside, my son is really excited to dive into the new Warzone mode. While I am still having withdrawals from the Speedball mode, it really looks like a lot of development has gone into these new multiplayer modes, which was something that was not evident in Halo Four. I've seen a lot of posts on Halo Waypoint about how 343 keeps cutting features, firefight, split screen, etc. That makes Halo Halo. Uh, even though, like Matt, I hate the phrase. Uh, in regards to Halo 5 Guardians, into your own favorite gaming franchises, which would you prefer if sequels had improvements on past modes and uh, and a few additions, or if there is a big overhaul like there is perceived to be in Halo 5 Guardians? Did you read that faster? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a pretty deep question. Um, Jared. Well, like, okay, so I'm I'm a proponent of I think that's the word proponent of just new and better experiences or new and different experiences in general. But like, I like classic experiences. So, for example, um, like Risk of Rain was a totally new experience for me, and I really enjoyed it. But if they made a new game, I wouldn't want them to recreate the whole thing and just like call it number two because it it's just going to be an extension of the original one and i don't think it's going to have the same effect so like in halo's case i love swat and i wish they would keep it in every single game no matter what um but if it's like at the cost of making the game a new or a new and better experience i I think i would like if someone said we cut swat but breakouts in now right like I'd be okay with that because I have the Master Chief collection to play SWAT right. or I can just go back to the previous games and play SWAT provided that there's, you know, eight players in the world that want to play and have I don't know. I think I, I think you have to think about how long a franchise is as well. That too. Like I mean the Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, I mean just going between those you could have yeah. you have so many of the same maps? You have so many of the same modes, right? So many of the same weapons, so many of the same strategies. Which is why, like, I'm... and it, and it is different. Like it is, there is there are differences of the gameplay and the the, the mechanics. But from a, an outsider just watching, yeah, it is very similar and it's very almost the same. So I guess from that standpoint i think that the changes that are being made for halo 5 are i would say long overdue i think um i think the same can for me goes for like videos or uh like films like the jurassic world i'm not gonna say much more but just give me something new right chris pratt's new he wasn't in the last one he was new in parks and rec for me (laughs) so In general, it's always like a fine line. I don't think anyone wants to see the same game get released over and over and over. Oh, but trust me, some people people do. (laughs) Well, we'll put it this way. I I don't think anyone should. But now you have a robot arm, okay? It's completely different. (laughs) No, robot I mean, in Halo, Re- Halo Reach, you had a robot arm, and it yeah. was still the same. <laughs> you could optionally put it on and take it off. Yeah, and then you could, you could take off the robot arm and put back your real arm. Yeah. Can you take off the robot arm and hit people with the robot arm? No. No. You okay. could add shoulder pads, too. That That's yeah, a request. To, that's, that was new. To, to protect your to protect. robot arm. <laughs> yeah. I tend to feel like I I prefer when games completely change up and get rid of a lot of the extra content, but only if there is as much additional or new content added in. So like if we're taking a shooter, you take away three game modes, you still have the core ones like, you know, multiplayer co-op and then multiplayer you know pvp but you have different specific different types of game modes that are taken out you have an equal number brought back in because like the worst feeling i have is when a series takes out more than it adds back in in a sequel that's what we're that's what the fear is for halo 5 because we don't really know everything yet and 
we've only yeah. heard more about the things they're taking out and the things oh, they're God. putting in. You, you guys already know you have way more. You, you have a MOBA in Halo 5 now. Congratulations. <laughs> You're moving into the big well, Right, but, but, but people aren't seeing that as a new mode. They're seeing that as, as like a modification of big team battle. They're, yeah. they're seeing it as one thing as opposed to something that could potentially, not saying it does, but potentially have a much larger lifespan than one mode would. Right, and, th- and things like the, the um, what's it called? The speed bag mode, they t- uh, breakout. Like, that's totally, that took a lot of development. I know that for sure. That was ridiculous. And that was there's a, a lot of talk about that if you want to learn about that, Neil. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see they're not putting as much resources into the, like, the single player and co-op experiences and putting more into the multiplayer, which is where they got, I mean, they got their asses chewed out for last time, so... But, like, for going to another gaming franchise, I honestly think that, like, for, like, Demon Souls, it should have been Demon Souls and then Bloodborne. Dark Souls was the same thing, just add more missions, and Dark Souls 2 is the same thing as well. I, I, I could probably agree with you there, out of the theory of it, since I only played Dark Souls 2... And I saw portions, or I've, I've been watching a lot of Dark Souls 1 to kind of see what I missed out there. I would note, though, that, like, it seems to me that hopefully Dark Souls 3 takes a lot of the gameplay elements that they developed in Bloodborne and actually expand upon it. Because you're absolutely right. Like, w- when I'm watching this gameplay of Dark Souls 1... It looks very similar to two, if not a little slower. And I mean, the, the, like the the core gameplay mechanic is totally there, but they they made progress from that to Bloodborne, like substantial progress. I don't right. want to ever and play Dark Souls again, to be completely honest. I think it's still cool, but but regarding this question, would you play like Bloodborne two if it was almost the same, just more content, new bosses, new scenarios? I would, but I'm I'm not saying I I would almost prefer it if it was a completely different styled game. Like as long as it had just as much content, like same same system obviously. But if they revamped like the co op and the PvP into a different system, I agree with you. Their current system is like pretty trashy. At the end of the day, if they changed up or like if they added some sort of gameplay modes, if they got rid of the chalice dungeons, which I really wasn't a big fan of and added something else to it, like that all sounds amazing to me. Um, I, I'm not saying that you can't enjoy a sequel if it's very much the same as the last, just new content. I'm just saying that like generally I, I would prefer a new game to have new modes, new, new content. That's not just new assets and writing. You know what I mean? Er- the older I get, the more I just want new experiences. Yeah, like, the exactly. More I, couldn't, I, cu- I, I couldn't play Bloodborne 2 if I played Bloodborne 1, even as much. Like, I realized that when I was playing Wolfenstein, even. Like, I loved the New Order. Like, it was fantastic. But, and then the old blood, I, going into it, I knew it was just going to be a content update. It's the same game. Yeah. And it kind of, it, was there any like tr- like new experience like for me? Like not new really. Gaming experience? Did, yeah, probably not. Wait, Matt, what are you talking was, about? What, the, that pipe, that pipe tool was such a badass tool, wasn't it? It was. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And think it doesn't I would... necessarily mean it was it, the game wasn't fun for me. It's right. just I, I guess the experience was exactly the same as I remember, and 
there's only so much you can do about that. Did they do it the, a better way where it was like a small expansion for 20 bucks? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. But if they, if I wanted to like wait another two years for a development cycle and then pay $60 for the same thing, no way. And then you can look at games like, um, like Bioshock where they like even like just start taking things out and taking things out and taking things out as the games go on. And it's just the experience is getting worse even, but the game keeps like not changing things. And when they change things, it's just removing things. In the cases where the sequels are from a gameplay standpoint, getting worse and worse, I imagine the reason that they're able to succeed or they're continue, they're able to sell is obviously a matter of like name recognition, but also people just right. wanting to know about what happens in the game and wanting to right. experience the game and they buy yeah. into it, even if they're not necessarily it's the into the name game. recognition. It's the, yeah, it's just the, um, like the developer kind of from a sense, taking advantage of the consumer. Uh, you made, you made a comment earlier, something about, um, there, Oh, like, uh, like Bioshock kept taking away content. Um, would you guys say that the games that you find yourselves most invested in are the ones with really deep content versus like kind of a widespread of stuff where, and I don't know what I'm trying to say by that, but like I would consider Fallout to be like a really deep story involvement game, but it's not really like wide. There's not like a wide variety of like game modes where like I would consider Halo to have a bunch of game modes. Like there's the single single player and multiplayer, but then within those, you know, there's co-op for for single player, and then there's the various game types for multiplayer, which I think kind of makes it wide. But then the Halo franchise um, and the story mode or the campaign gives you that depth. I don't know, because like, I'm. Tr- what do you guys? When you buy a game, are you looking for a really deep experience that you could? I don't know. Like in one mode, traditionally. Well, I or? guess like, it, I, I kind of ha- you're saying. I'm saying like I guess the experience that I'm getting for it, like looking for it, is an experience that is I'm suppo- that the developer wants me to have, but I can kind of have some sort of input on how I have it. Okay. Like so like maybe Fallout. it doesn't you know, matter. Like my scenarios I, I I make for myself yeah. in Fallout. That's really cool for me. And then in Halo, I mean, if we're not playing very good, we can just go over to Action Sack or something and play <laughs> some Sumo Warthog for a while. It's like here's an experience, or I guess you can even say a sandbox, and you can go explore it and use it to whatever extent you want to. Uh-huh. But there's, but it's not like a Minecraft, which is almost an an open, completely open sandbox. It's a, a sandbox with some areas that you can go into and dive into yourself. We're getting close to. Uh, I think we should be shutting things down here. Uh, Matt, what are you doing this week? You four. All right, have you uh, gotten any more inspiration or motivation to keep going on Invisible Ink? Not yet. It's just that it just requires more a different type of mindset to play that, I guess. <laughs> just just like I Alien Isolation, I have to be mentally prepared, just as with a lot of games. I, I usually do think that's like a, 
I don't know if alien isolation is similar, but it's just like the amount of failure that happens in Invisible Ink you have to be ready for. I've been thinking about picking that up, but I think uh, Inquisition is on my to-do next. Is it, is it in the PlayStation? Yeah, I played a little bit. Uh, I I basically... I basically went to, what was it, the Hinterlands? Not the place you shouldn't again. be. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't Stay be. Stay out of uh, the Hinterlands. Never go back. I'm tr- trying to get some uh, Grey Warden, uh, what, are, what are they called? Memory, whatever. I'm I'm doing some shit for Blackwall. No, I don't do that. Because he's a don't, Blackwall. I honestly just say don't do any of the side content and just go straight for completion. <laughs> I gotta get uh gotta get back up to speed with how to play this game, and then I'm going straight for it. Aren't you on easy mode? Yeah, just hold the attack button. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's that easy. It, if I warrior, lose right? on easy mode, I'm gonna be so fucking what class disappointed in myself. I'm a warrior, two handed. Yeah, you should be indestructible. I spin. On easy mode. I spin to win, <laughs> yeah, just like Garen. You're just Garen. <laughs> if you like to reach us win. by. Email, you can write fqpodcast at gmail.com. This wraps up episode 25 of Fetch West Podcast. We'll see you next week. Going to be trying to release on a steady Thursday schedule from here on out. Have a good one, guys. Every other Thursday.